NPR, New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning, Hot Radio 77, WABC. Sang for the great group U2, Van Diemen's Land, off of the tremendous Rattle and Hum album. What a great rockumentary that was, too. As we get you going at 6.05 on your, on your hump day Wednesday morning, we are the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC with a very exciting show about to come your way. We've got four guests coming on today. Included in that will be a replay of what you heard later in the show yesterday when our fearless owner and dear friend John Katsimatidis had the chance to sit down with Mayor Eric Adams. We'll get that going at about 6.40 this morning and then three live guests along the way afterwards. With all that said, a happy Wednesday and a good morning to my best buddy, my partner, my man, Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. My boy, Sid Rosenberg. How the hell are you, my lad? I'm good. Happy, I'm good. It's a, it's a good day. You sound great again, and um, I love doing this show with you, and so it's good. I mean, it's a sad day again. I, I, I did say yeah. yesterday throughout the morning that uh, although it has not been reported that that second officer, Mora, was already dead, and some people were very upset with me. I got tweets, and I got Instagram messages and Facebook messages for being insensitive, for telling you and the audience yesterday the guy was dead when they said, that's not true, we don't know that. And I said, no, I do know that. And it turns out that, of course, he is gone. So now this uh, lowlife, this McNeil, who, believe it or not, is actually garnering the sympathy of people like Kristen Jordan, this lowlife New York City councilwoman, garnering sympathy from McNeil. Now it turns out he's killed two cops. Yeah. This this uh, unbelievable this, this mutt this 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 animal who do, didn't deserve to be alive, who by the way uh, w- was mentally ill. We'll give him that. No, I don't want to hear I that. Hate to I hate use that care. as an excuse. I yeah, hate no that. excuse. There's a lot of mentally ill people out there that don't right. kill people. Anybody, by the way, and people who commit crimes are mentally ill. All right, so there are there are levels to it. There are degrees, but they're all somewhat sick in the head. But either way, we, we go back to. Uh, Again, the Thrive program. I mean, this guy could have been treated, perhaps. We can go any different direction as to who to blame. But the sad part is that uh, you, you were correct yesterday when you said Officer Moore was hanging on by a thread. And uh, he's gone now. And uh, just we'll, we'll go through the same thing as we're going with uh, Officer Rivera this week. We'll do the same thing next week, as we should, as we very well should. Two young uh, Latino Dominicanos uh, in New York City trying to make their own neighborhoods better as police officers, and they're gone. And yeah. again, all these Democrat politicians, I mean, if you want to collectively uh, blame somebody, 
all the stuff, the actions, the behaviors, the endorsements, the encouragement for the violent uh, rioters and all that stuff and the crime and ignoring the crime and lenient, uh, you know, bail policies, lenient judges, lenient DAs, all of that, you're all to blame. Oh, agreed. And that's why the other day when Letitia James was crying and Jumani Williams was crying and the rest of these folks, I have no patience for that. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to see you. If that's real and you really feel badly, God bless you. You're human. Congratulations. But we don't want to see it because, like Bernie just talked about, you are part of the reason why that animal, who did have priors, he did have priors, was out there in a position to gun down these two beautiful men. So I don't want to hear from you. I don't care if you're upset this morning. But I did want to hear from Mayor Eric Adams yesterday. And he did opt to go on with John Katsimatidis. I thought John did a great job. I know so did you, Bernie. It was a very, very good interview. They covered everything. And much like the conversation Bo Deedle had with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg two days ago, where according to Bo, Bragg is now doing a 180 and will prosecute people for crimes less than murder and rape. Gives you reason for some hope. Listening to Eric Adams with Katsimatidis yesterday, I know you feel the same way. Uh, gave us reason for hope. He said a lot of the right things. He did. He said a lot of the right things uh, with Mr. Katz and uh, was refreshing to hear. Uh, he also uh, later in the day went out and uh, executed uh, or, or laid out sort of his plan, his blueprint for, uh, you know, solving crime here in New York City, a blueprint for uh, ending gun violence, as he puts it. And uh, a lot of those things uh are questionable. They're, they're questionable. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. I mean, listen, a lot of them, by the way, are similar to stuff that uh, Bill de Blasio laid out earlier last year, in April of 2021, believe it or not, and we'll compare and contrast. Yeah. I mean, stuff like, uh, you know, summer basketball, whatever it is, summer youth <laughs> employment programs, a listening tour, meeting weekly with local leaders, demanding accountability, expanding community hiring, I mean, come on! What kind of uh, this is this is nonsense? We got to get out there. We got to crack some heads. We got to get get rid of this no cash bail law. We got to again name and shame the people that are stopping, uh, ending the no cash bail law. Stuff like that. But uh, he did. He he talked about the putting out in the next three weeks, organizing, putting it out the the uh, anti crime unit. Yeah. Uh, but but the, a lot of the language he used. I mean, it may very well, and I hope not. May very well be a neutered, mm -hmm. a very neutered mm -hmm. anti-crime unit. I don't know. I hope not. We'll see. But he laid out that plan yesterday and uh, a little bit later in the program. We'll compare and contrast what he said as opposed to what Bill de Blasio said in April of 2021 and see, uh, well, well, how, how well did uh, de Blasio's plan work from April of 2021 till now? <laughs> Not very well. No, it did not. And a lot of, a lot of the stuff that uh, yeah. Adam said yesterday, similar yeah. to what de Blasio said last year. So not to use MSNBC as a barometer ever, Joe and Mika, but they didn't start their program today with uh, Eric Adams. They didn't start with Alvin Bragg. They didn't start with the Ukraine. There may be a war brewing. Who knows? They actually started with something that I'm very interested in. I think you are, too, and that is the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. That is a huge story today. Only one got in former Boston Red Sox slugger, a guy that you and I both like, who was almost uh, killed. He was gunned down in his hometown years ago. Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Poppy! He's in the Hall of Fame. He's, now, look, of course, the, the, uh, the veteran committee did vote in guys like Gil Hodges 
You may remember last month. So there's four or five guys going in, but the only vote to get in was David Ortiz. And what that means is now guys like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, they are off the ballot. They are finally off the ballot. A-Rod was on the ballot for the first time yesterday, only received 34% of the vote. He's never getting in. But the guy that is most vociferous today is a guy that you really like, a guy that had some huge games as a pitcher with the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Boston Red Sox, the Philadelphia Phillies, and that's Kurt Schilling, who is absolutely convinced that because he sides with the rioters on January 6th, because he is a loud and proud conservative and a Trump supporter, that there is a conspiracy to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling, your thoughts on that, Bernard? Uh, there's no question about it. No question. Uh, you talk about cancel culture, and uh, it, uh, it, the tentacles are far and wide. I mean, these people are well aware. I mean, look, just look at the guys like Rob Manfred, the, the, the cowardice on display from a guy like him during the, the last two years. You can't help but think that uh, that it doesn't make its way into an organization like the Baseball Hall of Fame, that they don't talk about stuff like that. They absolutely positively do. I mean, you know, I'm a skeptic, of course. I may be wrong. I have no proof of it. But those are my feelings. I believe it wholeheartedly. In See, the only age. problem is, and I believe it too, I'm with you, and, and Kurt believes it too, is that his numbers. See, if you believe in the big game theory, Big game on the line when Arizona beat the Yankees in the World Series. Him and Randy Johnson. Kurt was great. Boston Red Sox, the bloody ankle. Kurt was great. So if you believe in the big game theory, Schilling should be a Hall of Famer. But his numbers are not really Hall of Fame numbers. So it's not as if it's an obvious snub, if you know what I'm saying. So there will be some that will say he's out of his mind. He's a conspiracy theorist. So what Bernie and Sid, because the numbers don't scream Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, uh, very well could be. Uh, but the guy uh, played with the uh, bloody socks, did he not? He did against the Yanks. All that right. was classic. There you go. Put him in. Put him in. No, there's no bleeding in baseball, right? <laughs> not usually. No, so led. Right. So so we got the, the local stuff with Eric Adams. And, again, if you missed it yesterday, we're going to replay John Katz and Matitis with Eric Adams coming up at 640. We got to the Baseball Hall of Fame, but I did make mention about Ukraine. Once again, that was a big story yesterday. Joe Biden, the whole White House, and, uh, again, a lot of Americans really nervous that we're on the brink of a war once Russia invades the Ukraine. Bernie, what's the latest with that? Well, uh, the latest is that they're still contemplating putting 8,500 uh, troops, in fact, uh, I think they're going ahead with it, into Eastern Europe. I mean, there's no appetite for war on anybody's part. And that goes for the people we are purportedly protecting, which are the Eastern European Europe, essentially. I mean, Germany has no, no desire whatsoever to uh, have hostilities, uh, you know, even even a bad relationship with Putin. They, they buy their energy from uh, from Russia. They buy their energy. For, they, they, they're not afraid of Russia. They're not afraid. Nobody cares. The, the, again, the, this is me, me speaking. A lot of people disagree. Do you, I, do you care if the Ukraine government is pro-Putin or anti-Putin? What do I care? I don't care. I don't care. By the way, that's the same government, this guy, uh, the same government that paid Joe Biden's crackhead son millions of dollars. That's right. And he's taking their side. I mean, is there no conflict of interest there? (laughs) Of course there is. Now, he did change the language yesterday. 
You remember last week he was like, if Putin goes in, if there's a minor incursion, he's a bad boy, no pudding, if you don't eat your meat, all that little niceties. Now Biden yesterday changed it to there will be enormous consequences if Russia invades Ukraine. And as a proud American, and I think we're as tough as it gets, I would love to know what those enormous consequences are going to be. Because to me, coming from Joe Biden, that rings very shallow. Yeah, well, it's got to include this uh, this pipeline. we got to stop the uh, – there are other pipelines in the work. We have to stop Germany. Germany has to agree. Not going to happen. To not buy that stuff. Not going to happen. But just, uh, uh, you know, uh, Justin, do you have this clip of the uh, national security, deputy national security guy on CNN? Just listen to the way he talks uh, about going into the Ukraine. Do you have this, Justin? Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine? Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. That you hear that? Borders, sovereignty should be respected. You hear this language? Meanwhile, yesterday you had, you had uh, videotape coming out of hordes of people coming in. And by the way, the hordes of people coming in, they're not families. They're adult, young males. Right. But I mean the 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 tone deafness. I mean, what did they think was absolutely stupid? Yeah. And the same thing. Kamala Harris yesterday reiterated the same the same stupid language, the same language that she should be using for the southern border. She used for the Ukrainian border again, like with dopes. Play that one, uh, Justin. The bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time that we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of, U- of Ukraine, and we expect that. Russia would do the same, and any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> it just blows your mind. Did you hear Biden at the end of the yeah, day? It just blows your mind. The, the territorial integrity of the borders of Ukraine, while you're in charge of the border down here in uh, the United States, the southern border, yeah. and you do you do squat, jack squat, while drugs nothing. are coming over, yeah. killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. You do nothing. I mean, I I, I couldn't uh, detest these people anymore. I just could not. One more uh, story uh, that I'll make four in the open before we get again to John and Eric Adams and three great guests. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures, of course, the Bravo Channel, Real Housewives of New Jersey, season twelve debuts Tuesday night. Tuesday night, but uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I do watch every Sunday night. So there's a, a young lady just got fired by the Bravo channel on the show. She's the prettiest girl on the show, I think. An Asian lady, right? That's correct. Jen Wynn. And uh, they, call, they actually call her Asian Jen. Now, on that show, by the way, Jen Shah, who may be the star of the show, you know, she got in big trouble last year, Bernie, the FBI fraud. She's in big, big trouble, millions and millions of dollars. Long story short... They found on her Facebook years ago, Jen, that she was bashing BLM. Look, she's an Asian girl. We know that the overwhelming majority of the attacks on Asians in this city were committed by who? Blacks. Right? Okay. Bingo. And by the way, had been occurring prior to the whole Asian hate phenomenon. I mean, it's been going on for years. Go back to the riots in uh, the Rodney King riots, Koreatown. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, even in Do the Right Thing, uh, you know, they went into uh, delis and the Asians are watching the young blacks, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. It's so been, they're going on going forever, on for right. So, forever. So she's been bashing BLM for years. She's right. That is a Marxist, terrorist, 
communist organization led by people that don't give a rat's ass about black people but are buying brand new homes in Beverly Hills. So she got fired. So while Kurt Schilling can yell and scream all he wants, and I think he's right, and so do you, uh, we don't, we're not exactly sure. Here in this case, because this lady had the guts to call out BLM for what they are, she was fired by the Bravo Channel yesterday. That is a terrible job. And people like Jen Shah, who have been indicted, I believe, for fraud or millions of dollars, she's married to a black guy, and she's the one most vociferous wow. about getting rid of Jen, and that's why Jen is gone today. So there you have it. Unbelievable. And, and by the way, a Black Lives Matter, again, responsible uh, maybe directly, but at least tangentially, at least indirectly, for the deaths of these two police officers, for the lawlessness, the atmosphere of, uh, uh, you know, uh, again, lawlessness, chaos that we're witnessing in the streets today. Black Lives Matter directly responsible for it, encouraging assaulting police officers and the disrespect of police officers leading to their lack of, you know, their, their lack of being assertive being aggressive on the street, leading to the deaths of black people in the streets and white people, but mostly black people. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All right, so coming up again at 640, we're going to replay the conversation yesterday between our man, John Katzenmatidis, and Mayor Eric Adams. If you missed it, you're going to love it. That's coming up at 640. 740 this morning, our dear friend, the great Congressman Peter King, with his weekly visit. Coming up at 840 this morning, the second Republican gubernatorial candidate in as many days to appear on the Bernie and Sid show, Andrew Giuliani. Rudy Sonnebier coming up at 8.40. And then the lady that beat Todd Kaminsky, talking about Black Lives Matter and criminals running in the streets, and Alvin Bragg and Eric Adams and Donnelly, live at 9.25. It's a monster Bernie and Sid Wednesday morning show. Keep it right here. We'll be back right after these short messages. I like this. Howard Jones. Come on, bro. And you want You know, I once saw this guy. With my ex-girlfriend, Ava. My daughter was named after her. Is that <laughs> right? <laughs> Danielle knew her. She knew the actual Ava girlfriend. She actually said to me one day in the car, she goes, am I petty? And I said, Danielle, you're a lot of things. She was pregnant. Uh, but you're not petty. She said, well, I like the name Ava, but, you know, am I not going to name our daughter Ava because you dated some slut? So <laughs> <laughs> sure, true story. But anyway, I did see Howard Jones once at Radio City Music Hall. Circa 1985, and it was great. How about that? Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Good memories. Howard Jones. I, I couldn't even name the guy. I think he was a one-hit wonder, right? That, that's pretty much all No, no. He, he had about ten really, really big oh, songs. Really? But I have to I have to rejoy your memory. Those, those are the days, Bernie, you were doing a lot of drugs. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> i got to quit the drugs, but it's way too late for that. Way, <laughs> way too late. Hey, listen, speaking to somebody who is, uh, well, maybe not the result of drugs, but... This is a big deal. Yesterday, uh, President Biden, Joe Biden, the imbecile in chief, he did nothing. He had nothing on the schedule. He called the lid at 3 o'clock. You know what he did yesterday? He did two things. He went to a woman's boutique store. Now, again, we're on the precipice maybe of World War III, inflation, crime, all kinds of crazy stuff happening in the world. 
He went to a woman's boutique store in which he bought a, a mug with Kamala Harris's uh, face on it. No. Yeah, as though, yeah, the continuing this uh, a fake narrative that he and her are cool. You know what I'm saying? And, and that, and he bought ice cream. That's, those are the two things that he did yesterday. That is it. Completely did nothing, this Joe Biden, as the world is falling apart. Because, of course, he's not running anything. It's all about the handlers back right. at the uh, Ron Klain and uh, Susan Rice and, uh, you know, Obama, the red lo- the hotline to Obama, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Saki was asked yesterday why Biden's, uh, you know, schedule was empty on a day, a crucial, critical day uh, yesterday. And she had a hard time answering the question. Take a listen. So the president has nothing on his schedule today aside from the PDB. Can you shed any light on, on how he's spending his day? Uh, well, let's see. Um, this morning, I think he had some policy meetings, uh, also a PDB meeting. Um, he, um, later this afternoon, uh, I think is doing some remarks review. Uh, there are some days that we spend some time uh, doing internal meetings and discussions uh, with policy experts, with policy leaders, um, and that's, that's what's happening today. He would say he doesn't have nearly enough time of free time on his schedule because it is packed no matter whether people see him or not. Oh, what? Stupid uh, son of a liar. This stupid son uh, of a bitch. Yeah, liar. you're going to end every clip of uh, stupid sons of bitches with, you're a stupid son of a bitch. And uh, she had no answer. They have nothing but contempt for us. Nothing. To have the, the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, at a time like this, in the middle of the week, doing nothing, buying ice cream? I mean, and, and then, again, no explanation, no nothing. Remember President Trump, the Energizer Bunny? This guy was meeting with this one, that one, that one, this one, uh, supply chain problems. You got the business leaders coming into the White House, roundtables, cabinet meetings, whatever. Nothing, not meeting with uh, cab- not meeting with any cabinet members himself. No, no sneaky Pete Buttigieg. Uh, the home heating price is up 50 60%, not meeting with the, trans- with, with the energy secretary. Not meeting with Mayorkas on uh, this uh, this border, these border, these latest videos coming out of the southern border, showing uh, people coming in, mostly young males, getting into Ubers, getting into planes. And by the way, you know one last thing: what the the government authorized illegal illegal immigrants can use their arrest warrants yeah. to board a plane. That would be their ID. Use their arrest That's warrants. That's unbelievable. This is, the, this is the contempt they have for you. And, uh, again, it, they're getting away with it, I think, for the most part. Although, uh, as we spoke about yesterday, a lot of people drifting away, realizing the absolute incompetence and disdain that this government has for the uh, general public. Well, drifting away, we're going to see. The proof will be in the pudding in 2022, and hopefully we get back we, we get back the, uh, the House and the Senate, and, of course, in 2024, when hopefully President Trump once again can call Pennsylvania Avenue his home. Okay, coming up at 7.40, Peter King, 8.40, Andrew Giuliani, 9.25, we'll talk to Ann Donnelly, the new, of course, D out there in Long Island. But uh, coming up next, if you missed it yesterday, it was really, really good, worthy of a playback this morning. Our main man, John Katsimatidis, sat down on this show, 8.30 yesterday morning with Mayor Eric Adams, and they broke it all down for you. If you missed it, we got you covered. Katsimatidis and Adams, Bernie, Coming up next. No doubt. Also traffic and sports, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Rita Cosby every weeknight at 10 o'clock. Here Rita talks mask mandates. A lot of people just feel like enough. Is it 
science? Is it tyranny? Is it a battle for freedom? I mean, I feel like there are so many mixed messages that we're getting about cloth masks don't work. These other ones do. Kids don't need it. We know that on the Omicron that there have been not a lot of cases. I think a lot of issues should also be up to parents. I think parents should be able to have a say, don't you? I mean, I think it's really, really crazy that it's sort of this one size fits all. Are we going to be an eternal mask mandate world in New York and across the country? This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. There is huge news, and I mean this huge news, coming out of the National Football League. One of the best coaches in football, a man that won a Super Bowl as head coach of the New Orleans Saints, is calling it quits after 16 seasons in Orleans. Sean Payton has decided to step down unbelievable out of nowhere here was sean payton yesterday announcing the news i still have a vision for doing things in football and i'll be honest with you that might be coaching again at some point i don't think it's this year i think maybe in the future but that's not where my heart is right now when you come in as a young coach you make a lot of mistakes it's not until you get older and more experienced that you realize the more important things are this and not that you want a memory Jim Fossil took the play calling away from Sean Payton when he was coaching with the Giants the year that the Giants went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Baltimore Ravens. That's how long Sean Payton has been around. He uh, calls it quits. He will coach again. I guarantee you that. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday. No Roger Clemens. No Barry Bonds. No Sammy Sosa. No A-Rod on year one. Only one got in. The great David Ortiz. Big poppy. And who did he thank? The Yanks. I thank them so much because they pull the best out of me. Sometimes you think that competition at that level, you need to panic. You look at things in the wrong direction. I, it was fire to me. Every time we play the Yankees, it was like Goliath against David. We are David. So we got to bring our best to be Goliath. You know, that's the way I look at it. Ortiz's teammate in Boston, Kurt Schilling, did not get in either. NBA last night, 33 for LeBron James. The Lakers beat the Nets in Brooklyn, 106-96. Despite 33 from James Harden, the Nets are now 29-18. and They're third in the East behind the Heat and the Bulls. And hockey last night, the Stars blew out the Devils 5-1. And the Isles skated past the Flyers 4-3. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Coming up next, John Katsimatidis with Eric Adams. Keep it right here. I'm Sid with sports. I know I got a bad reputation And it isn't just talk, talk, talk If I could only give you everything you know I haven't got Jackson, bad reputation at 641 on your Wednesday morning. Again, coming on live this morning, coming up in about an hour at 740, making his weekly Wednesday appearance, the great congressman and dear friend Peter King. 
At 8.40 this morning, Republican gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani. 9.25, the new DA out on Long Island, and Donnelly. Lydia reports and Beat Bernie all coming up today, but coming up right now. If you missed it yesterday at 8.30, Eric Adams was on the show. John Katz and Matidis came in, did a great interview. They discussed everything going on in New York City and how, in fact, the mayor is going to fix what's broken. So if you missed it yesterday, here it is right now. John Katsimatidis and the mayor, Eric Adams. Every Democratic mayor in the country is looking at him as what is Mayor Eric Adams going to do because we will follow. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. How are you? The the Cats, how are you? Always good to be with you. Well, it's, it's good to be with you and the, the, the whole country. You've been mayor for three weeks, but the whole country is looking at you right now. What is Eric Adams going to do? Because I think they want to follow. And you have made yourself a national uh, spokesman for being mayor of New York City. And you have a new program, I understand, called The Blueprint to End Gun Violence. Uh, you want to tell uh, all New Yorkers about it? It, uh, and no, it's, it's, it's very interesting. My goal yesterday was really to do a comprehensive layout of what's feeding the sea of violence. There are many rivers that are flowing into the sea of violence. And it's dealing with lawmakers, the flow of guns, uh, the practices in, on the ground in policing, mental health. And each one of those sea rivers must be dammed. If you don't, you're not going to address the underlying causes of violence. And we're doing our job of, of taking guns off the streets. Last year, the New York City Police Department removed 6,000 illegal guns off our streets. This year, we have removed over 300 since the time I took office. Why are we still seeing the constant flow of these guns? But not only that, do we have dangerous guns on our streets? We have to do a better job of not allowing dangerous people to continue to come on our streets. We have to tweak our bail laws. We have to tweak our mental health laws. We have to tweak how we go about dealing with those who are on the street, dealing with mental health issues, and they're dangerous to themselves and others. Uh, we all agree 100 percent. Now, there's there's one a, a lot of important things. We have to get all our politicals, uh, politicians together on this, that uh, yes, we, we, we have sympathy uh, for people that uh, have mental Ill pro- mentally ill problems. We have sympathy for the homeless. Uh, we have sympathies. Uh, uh, at what point uh, on these people's arrest record, there used to be a law, there was going to be a law, three strikes and you're out. If you have three violent crimes or more, at what point do you, you throw them in jail and say you know, you, you're a menace to society? Here's what we're doing wrong right now. And this is something that, you know, I'm sure you recall, those of us who are old enough to remember. Uh, during the late 60s and 70s, drug dealers identified that you could have youth or juveniles carry drugs because if they're arrested, they'll be treated in family court. That's what people are doing now, exploiting young people. They are having young people carry guns because they realize if they're caught with the guns and it's not publicly exposed, it goes 
to the family court. And we're seeing repeated cases where young people are caught with guns, they go to family court, and they come out. The, the young person who shot a police officer, he was just on probation in December for carrying a gun. And now in January, he's back with another gun shooting a police officer. We have to stop this from continuing to happen because this is putting dangerous people back on the streets. And that's the combination of lawmakers and public and public service officers, police officers, and solving the solution, and like I say, damning these rivers of violence. Uh, Mr. Ad- Mayor Adams, I used to call you Eric when you were borough president. Now I call you Mayor Adams. <laughs> and uh, Mayor Adams, uh, you were started as a transit cop originally. Is it time, uh, instead of spending $7 billion on, on rails and, and subways, is it time maybe to put one police officer on every station and maybe one on every train until we solve the problem? Well, omnipresence is important. That's the concept of having visible, uniformed police personnel throughout the system or throughout the city, Uh, because that deals with the two crises we're facing. We're crisis the actual violence that's in our subway system, but we're also dealing with the feeling and the perception that people don't feel safe. And so we have, in addition, we had additional 22,000 subway inspections from the time I took off office. A thousand more officers are visiting the system, doing also inspections. We're going to bring more officers when we civilianize, bring in police officers from desk duties, placing them on patrol. So we're going to continue to see the omnipresence that's needed. And my officers are now riding the subway uh, trains so that you see them and you feel safer. We all do when we see that uniform officer that's there. We're not going to allow the congregating of officers. There was a New York Post article that showed eight officers standing together in a subway station. That's not acceptable. We believe our officers should spread out throughout the system and do that busy, visible omnipresence. That's important. Oh, we agree 100 percent. Now, the mentally ill. Uh, 20 years ago, there used to be 30,000 of them in hospitals. Now there's 3,000 because somebody, somebody, I don't know which politician, I'm not going to point fingers, threw them on the streets of New York. Those people are human beings. They need help. What can we do? Can we create maybe a hospital system on Rikers Island? Because these people need help. They don't deserve to be living like that. Well said, Katz. And we have really embraced this concept that is dignified to live on the streets, live in a subway system, sleep on grates, sleep on tents in front of establishments. This is our course of doing business when it comes out with those with street homelessness and mental health crises. Uh, I don't believe that. And this administration is not going to push that policy forward. Uh, number one, uh, our, the subways are made for commuting. We're going to partner with mental health professionals and law enforcement officers, and we're going into the system, and we're going to escort people off the system that are dangerous to themselves and others, and clearly they are in need of care, and we're going to give them the wraparound services that they need. I believe in the Fountain House model. Uh, The Fountain House is a model that actually builds trust with people who are homeless, 
and ensure that they get the services that they need. That is what we're going to focus on. We can't have a system where people are sleeping on the system, carrying all of their belongings on the system, laying out on on train stations and on subway uh, uh, trains. Uh, This is not acceptable, and we're moving from the model of just acting like they don't exist and acting like it's dignified to live on the subway system or on our streets. That's not the model we're going to practice under this administration. The the five DAs that uh, come under uh, New York City, uh, have you met with them, all of them? I'm sure you have. Uh, are they going to be cooperating with you, the federal government, or whoever, just to make sure that bad criminals, I'm not talking about people with one ounce of marijuana, we, I, nobody gives a damn, but bad criminals that are hurting uh, the citizens of New York City, that, that something uh, something happens to them that, that to make our city safer? Uh, yes. Uh, I have a great relationship with all five of my district attorneys. Uh, we're going to continue to communicate and act as partners in dealing with crime. Uh, are there going to be areas we may uh, have a philosophical disagreement? Yes, but we will work through them. Uh, they, like I, know that our city must be safe. And we can't continue to have violent people placed on uh, on our city streets and creating violence in our communities. So it comes down to to bring our city back. And I was on that Zoom call with Kathy Wilde the other day with D.A. Bragg. Uh, to bring our city back, we have to take care of the violent criminals. We can't accept them. Uh, we got to take care of the homeless because they they need uh, help. And we got to take care of the mentally ill because those are those are the people. Some of them are veterans. Some of them are are, are permanently mentally ill, and we have to make sure they have their medicines and make sure we take care of them. I agree with you on all of that, and every New Yorker, every New Yorker agrees with you with that. Then, and, go ahead. And you and you and you just laid out what I am sharing with New Yorkers that when we think of violence, it is not one river that's feeding the sea. As you stated, we have to deal with the mental health. We have to deal with the gun violence. We have to deal with uh, just a total feeling of disorder. Uh, all of those things we must deal with. And that includes making sure we stop the flow of guns in our city. It includes making sure that when we take dangerous people off the street, that they go through our court system in an expeditious fashion and we're not holding up trials. And when we examine what is clogging up the wheels of justice, and that is what we laid out yesterday so that we can make sure we declog those wheels so they can move in a very expeditious but fair way. We had uh, one of the people that you talked to, uh, we had Bill Bratton, Commissioner Bratton, on, on our show last night. And uh, he, I, I know he, he talks to you once in a while and advises you once in a while. Um, there's so many illegal guns in the city. How can we separate uh, the people that use illegal guns to terrorize other citizens versus maybe the bodega owner that has a gun to protect his family in his, in his store? Can we s- somehow separate the two? Yes, we can. And that's what a well-trained police officer that's familiar with the streets. They have the proper uh, training. They use the technology such as video cameras 
uh, to ensure that they identify uh, the individuals who are uh, potentially carrying weapons and uh, how they, they carry out uh, their uh, communication and interactions with these individuals and that they understand that they properly identify themselves as police officers. And we have uh, police officers with, with that level and those levels of, of skill sets to do the job right. We need to give them the tools and support to be able to carry this out. You were a captain in the NYPD, and uh, you were a police officer. Uh, is your goal, and I think it is, uh, that uh, you want to make sure that the people in blue, the NYPD, every, every uh, servant uh, of our city, that they feel confident that you got their back? Can you give them confidence that you got their back? Uh, yes, I can. And, you know, trust is not just given, it's earned. Uh, as police officers, they, we must uh, rebuild trust with the residents. And as the leader of the city, I must rebuild trust with my police officers. Uh, we have our officers going out doing difficult jobs. If they carry out the, their jobs and hand off dangerous people uh, to the system, we must make sure laws keep dangerous people incarcerated until they serve their time, and we make sure, must make sure that prosecutors are prosecuting those who violate the law. You can't have a city such as New York where people feel any and everything goes that is unacceptable and that is dangerous to the quality of life that we expect as New Yorkers. Now, once we take care of crime and people feel safe, I believe people that have moved, people that are scared to ride the subways, people that they're all going to come back because this is the greatest city in the world. And is it a lot of responsibility because it all lies on your shoulders, Mayor Adams? It, it, it is. And, and I want the obligation and the responsibility. Uh, this is a city that I love. Uh, I was able to have a good career here as a police officer, as a state senator, and as the borough president. Uh, I believe everyone should have the opportunity. I say all the time, cats, uh, America is the only place where dream is attached to our name. There's not a German dream, a Polish dream, a French dream, but there's an American dream. And the real symbol of that American dream is right here in New York, where we have a diverse population of all different cultures and ethnicity, and we should have the right to move towards that dream every day. And the only way we can do that is to be a safe place. The prerequisite of prosperity is public safety and justice. So if, if, if crime goes away, if we clean up our streets, and uh, in addition, uh, Omicron goes away, I think it's the greatest city in the world. Can we, do you have a dream of what you want to do to put New York City back on the map? Yes, get crime under control, bounce back by COVID, build an economy that is going to deal uh, with the inequalities that really prevented uh, New Yorkers from experiencing the American dream. And that is our goal, and we know it's possible to do so. This city is manageable. Far too many people believe that we can't manage this city. And I'm saying to New Yorkers, yes, we can. We must have the covenant protected. Taxpayers pay their taxes. Agencies are supposed to use those tax dollars to provide goods and services. As your mayor, I'm going to make sure we provide those goods, goods and services so you get your money's worth as a taxpayer. 
Oh, we have a minute left. Anything else you want to tell all New Yorkers? Not all New Yorkers. America is listening to you. All Americans. I want them to believe. I want them to believe. Uh, people reflect on September 11, 2001. They think about watching those buildings collapse. And although I honor those who lost their lives that day, uh, catch the day I remember the most is September 12, 2001. We got up. Builders built, teachers taught, New Yorkers responded in an admirable way to the crisis that we were facing. We showed our resiliency, and because we stood tall in the face of uncertainty, the rest of the country looked at New York City and said, darn it, we could make it. And that's where we are now. COVID is not terrorism, but it has terrorized us. And now it's time for us to really show our resiliency once again, open our businesses, Make sure our children are in school, less employed. Let's make sure we patronize our shops. Let's get up once again and show the entire globe what we need to do, as we have done so many times before. Merrick, uh, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, thank you. And uh, we hope we can make this a regular thing where you talk to uh, New Yorkers, talk to Americans. And uh, God bless you and God bless America. And the nation is watching and uh, we, we, we are on your side, and we stand by, by you, and uh, we pray for New York. We all pray for New York. Okay, and pray for, let's pray for those officers. Uh, one is trying to recover from a terrible attack on our criminal justice system, and the officer we lost, that we lost, uh, both these officers, Officer Marrera, Mora and Officer Rivera, are real New York heroes. Yes, they are. And, and we have to put a stop to this. Thank you so much. Thank and you. my sidekick on the show, Sid Rosenberg, says he really loves you. <laughs> Thank you, Sid. Take care. Take care. It's a beautiful I don't think I will. It's a little chilly. Back here on the Bernie and Sid <laughs> show. <laughs> on this, uh, well, I guess we'll call it a happy hump day. Actually, it's not happy at all. The last week of one of the bleakest months in memory, January of 2022. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we have that today. Listen, I heard, uh, by the way, we're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Just let, let me remind you folks, download it. It's easy. You, you don't want to miss what's happening on 77 WABC. Also, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can check us out. Watch us on, on our live stream, WABCradio.tv, your smart TVs, your computers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Deb Valentine in the newscast. <laughs> uh, Nancy Pelosi is going to seek re-election. This yeah. woman's like 86 years old. I think she's 81, though, right? Yeah, whatever. Whatever I mean, she, she's like 105. I, I embellish a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's going to win again, too. She's going to win. She did such a great job in San Francisco. Yeah, it's I know. It's like thriving. Yeah. The place is yeah. terrific. It's great. <laughs> and, of course, the country as well. I mean, yeah. everything's wonderful. This uh, dusty old communist, all these old fart communist uh, uh, cowards afraid of, uh, you know, these young uh, radicals in Congress. Uh, they're they're the most despicable people, and and that she's going to run again, what, yep. lady. Go home, enjoy the, the smell the roses. Get the hell out, leave, leave, leave. So listen, that was a terrific interview with our boss John uh, Katzmatidis and our new mayor Eric Adams, 
And, uh, he, you know, again, he, he, he really does. He sounds like he says the right things and all that stuff. And uh, there's some hope. I, I, re, I retain some hope in Eric Adams. I think maybe he can get this stuff done. But uh, there are other things sometimes that he says that I'm not so sure about. He talked about the anti, bringing back the anti-crime unit, which they will do within the next three weeks, he says. But he claims, he says, it ain't going to be anything like the anti-crime unit of the past. Well, the anti-crime unit of the past was the one that was very effective. Yeah. They got guns off the street. Crime yeah. was down at record lows, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you mean it's not going to be anything like it? Anyway, let him explain. Take a listen to Eric Adams. We're going to make sure this is not the anti-crime unit of the days. These officers are going to wear identifiable parts of police uh, attire and apparel, such as the windbreaker jackets, like you see um, other law enforcement agencies will wear. So you know who they are. The complaints we receive is that officers dressed in jeans and sweatshirts were jumping out of cars, not properly identifying themselves. We are going to learn from the past so we don't repeat the past, and we will never use under my administration any abusive, targeting tactics that goes after people based on their ethnicity and where they live. That is not going to happen under my administration. Let's go after people who we suspect are the perps. And by the way, as far as cops uh, putting them at a disadvantage, identifying themselves, I mean, I think the fact that they're you know, in plain clothes and you don't know who the hell they are, they have the element of surprise, I think that's uh, you know that helps them that puts them at an at, at an advantage, and uh, I'm not sure about the, that that policy right there. <laughs> yeah. But there you have Eric Adams. You know your boy uh, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. He actually uh, he, he was at an Upper East Side Rite Aid. He lives there actually. He lives in the 80s on the Upper East Side. I did speak to Michael yesterday, but yeah, it's, it's a great story. Yeah, he grew up up there. Uh, but uh, either way. And this has been going on, and this this is going on. It's been ongoing for a long time. High end stores, and of course these pharmacies, which are stacked with uh, all kinds of stuff. People just walking in and walking out uh, casually, just stealing stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he videotaped uh, some of it yesterday, and he was he was shocked. He claims, and he's like, "We got to lock these bastards up." Well, he wasn't shocked. He was pissed. He was pissed. Yeah, so because uh, he spends don't forget he spends half the year between New York, Bernard, and uh, Los Angeles. So he was in L.A. Uh, when they were having some of the real bad looting and riots and all that stuff. So he's now seen it on both coasts, and he just he gets crazy. I mean, he, he is uh, relatively rational at times, and I well, thought yesterday that was very, very good. Yeah, I, I, again, and I agree as well, but uh, these, these people are experiencing epiphanies. These people are now coming around to our, my way of thinking at the very least. But, but again, I caution you, you're right, some of them are, but I said this yesterday, I'll say it again, while Michael Rappaport agrees and sees the looting and is angry, he will never vote Republican. And my fear is, is that's the case with most of these people. They may hate Joe Biden. They may hate what the country is going through right now. They may hate what's going on in their neighborhoods. But they ain't voting for Donald Trump in 2024. Well, well, that's my Donald fear. Trump. You've got to vote Republican 2022. You've got to vote the people who are going to stop just what he was railing against uh, yesterday. I hope that's so. That's who you have to vote against. If you don't, you're stupid. You're, you're suicidal. I mean, what are you screaming about on a videotape if you're not going to actually act on it? True. Uh, yeah, it's fair. So, 
Yeah. So listen, Eric Adams laid out his uh, blueprint to end gun violence yesterday. And uh... he, but by the way, he went one step further. If you really want to give Eric Adams credit this morning, and if it sounds like I'm sucking up this a little, maybe I am. But he actually did make a phone call yesterday, an important phone call. He called Albany. Eric Adams, got to give him credit, called Albany to start to reform the bail reform. He you actually what? he made the phone call to Bro. Albany to start to reform bail reform. Bro, he's listening to the Bernie and Sid. No doubt. He's listening. <laughs> we told him. I said, you're the media darling. You have the bully pulpit. Name and shame people. Okay, you want to start with a phone call? If they don't act, start calling them out by name. You well, have yeah. blood on your hands, Carl Heasty. Right. He hasn't done that. But that, that was one of the five things that me and you pointed out the other day. There were five things he can do. And uh, one of the five was just that, yep. you know, reform the bail reform. And he did make the phone call to Albany yesterday. And, and fire the New York State Parole Board that actually paroles cop killers, uh, among other things, many other things that he could do. But uh, as far as his blueprint, blueprint, excuse me, to end gun violence, uh, listen to this. A listening tour. Uh, remember Hillary Clinton's listening tour? A listening tour. What do, we, what do, we, what do we need to listen? A summer youth <laughs> employment program. Uh, that's never been tried before. A meet weekly with local leaders, demand accountability, expand community hiring, et cetera, et cetera. He did say more officers on patrol. That's good. And, uh, again, he talked about the uh, anti-crime unit, but you heard what he just said. I hope it's not going to be a neutered anti-crime unit. But listen, uh, uh, Justin and Mike and Luke, they put together this montage. They, they really worked hard to do it. Uh, Mayor de Blasio laid out his blueprint to fight gun violence, as he called it, in April of 2021. Eric Adams laid out his yesterday. Uh, Luke and uh, Justin and Mike, they interspersed the the two of them. And listen to how similar they both sound, Eric Adams and Bill de Blasio, on fighting crime in New York City. We're going to involve every community, every precinct, and our state and federal partners. This plan focuses on the three pieces that are crucial, our communities, our cops, and our courts. We will start by putting more officers on patrol in key neighborhoods throughout the city. Ensuring that our cops are in the places we need them most intensely. So this is the top 100 blocks strategy. My administration will launch an unprecedented summer youth employment, youth and youth engagement program for summer 2022. As we know, that gang violence and gun crimes spike in the summer months. The summer youth anti-violence employment effort. This has been an effort to ensure that young people who are at risk uh, get opportunities for summer youth employment, get steered in the right direction. Gun violence is a public health crisis, and it is one that must be addressed at every level of government. We must see immediate action from Congress on guns. We need the Congress to act on the issue of guns, once and for all. We all see it with our eyes. I don't know. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds like you, you, you copied and pasted. Uh, it does, man. Bill de Blasio's. I don't know. Please. I don't know. But uh, That's a little too a little too close for comfort for me. I would say so. A little but, too close. Uh, okay. Well, but we're reserving judgment. We're going to give uh, Eric, uh, Mayor Adams, let me uh, address him with the respect he deserves at this point. Mayor Adams, we're going to give him a chance. See what he does. See how he acts. And uh, switching topics a little bit. Well, one, uh, one, one more thing on the Eric Adams and the police thing. Um, Wilbert Moyer, the other officer, did die. Uh, we, we talked yesterday. I said he yes. was actually. So he did die. Uh, the funeral for Rivera is Friday. 
which I'll be going to. So I'm on the air until 8 o'clock on Friday morning. Then Curtis will take over, I guess. And they announced this morning that the funeral for Officer Moya will be on Wednesday. So Friday, Rivera gets uh, his funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And the funeral for Moya will be coming up uh, a week from today, next Wednesday. Just terribly, terribly depressing. Two, uh, two young, actually, Dominicanos who want to help their neighborhoods out. Uh, you know, the, uh, Rivera grew up in Harlem. I'm not sure where Mora did, Harlem or the Bronx, either way. I mean, I'm just so so bummed out, so so depressed over yeah. this whole thing, like everybody else. And uh, kudos to you and uh, everybody else who will make the trek into St. Patrick's Cathedral to pay their respects to really a good, 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 very good, maybe great young man, uh, this uh, Jason Rivera. Uh, so anyway, listen, quickly, somebody who's not great, he's a POS Somebody who was uh, instrumental in your life, Sydney, uh, tangentially, uh, you know, with your Uncle Norm. His name is Al Franken. Oh, that son of a bitch. You heard about this? <laughs> he beat my cousin Norm. Yeah. Norm oh. was trying to win the senatorial again in Minnesota, and Franken beat him. He beat him, and uh, and the guy's just, he's just garbage is what he is. But listen to what he said yesterday on a podcast comparing the United States, and he's talking about the upcoming election. You know, the Democrats have been saying... That if uh, they lose the election in November, you know, in a big way, that it's going to be illegitimate. Echoing really what uh, they say that Trump has been saying, stuff like that. He's questioning democracies and insurrections, all this stuff. Uh, So anyway, Al Franken took it a step further yesterday. Listen to this. This is a serious one. and, And I just I think other people are feeling it. It feels like. I don't know, 1933, 34, Germany, and I'm just like, I don't know, in a tavern, and I look over the other table, and there's guys in black jack boots and Mm -hmm. Nazi uniforms, and I'm going like, hmm, this looks bad. I wonder wonder how bad it can get. What a stupid son of a bitch. Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. For Franken, he should know better. He's, he's a Jew, by the way, to ever make any comparisons to the Nazis. Jews should know better. But the good news is, while Al Franken made those horrible and awful comments yesterday, let's not forget how his career ended. He was basically shamed and carried out of Washington, D.C. Yeah. with a bunch of, of uh, serious controversies and sexual allegations uh, on his shoulders. So he can talk all he wants, but it ended in very humiliating fashion for Al Franken. Well, he was thrown under the bus by his own colleagues. And by the way, whatever he did and was accused of was really minor. It was nothing, but they needed his scalp. They couldn't, uh, you know, during the Me Too movement, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and the rest of them, they said, you know what? Get rid of them. Get them out. And they did. And so, yeah, you're right. Uh, humiliating fashion. It all ended. But to compare the United... Where was he sitting? He must have been on a Hollywood set. He saw guys in, in Nazi <laughs> uniforms. Where the hell was he? I mean, this guy's sick in the head. Sick it's in the head. Franken. Yeah. It's like the Andrew Cuomo thing, right? He hasn't... And I spoke to John Esteen last week. He hasn't gone to jail, and he hasn't really suffered any real legal uh, issues. But at the very least, he was, you know, he was humiliating, uh, taken out of office. Same thing with Al Franken. He suffered yeah. the same fate as Andrew Cuomo. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's a win. It's a win, win, win for us on the Bernie and Sid show. Look, Congressman Peter King is coming up a little bit later. And then, of course, uh, we'll speak to uh, later in the show. We're going to speak to Andrew Giuliani, who's running for governor. The mask mandate, by the way, 
is back on at the courts. Uh, the some appeals court said not not so fast. Either way, that the mask mandate expires, I think, like on Monday or something like that. So it, it's kind of academic right now, but uh, symbolically, it's a big deal. We'll see what happens with that. All here on the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, it is interesting to hear liberals yell at each other. The latest example, Bill Maher versus Whoopi Goldberg. Apparently, Mr. Maher is fed up with COVID restrictions And all this vax controversy, he wants it to stop. He feels that ongoing, it's foolish to torture the American people over COVID. Well, Whoopi Goldberg on The View was appalled by Mr. Maher's opinion. And she basically called him insensitive, irresponsible, on and on and on and on. So here we have two lefties going at it. The right has experienced this over Donald Trump. You'll remember the never-Trumpers, conservatives who did not like the former president and bashed him at every opportunity that put them at odds with the Trump supporters. Now, there's nothing really wrong with this. In fact, it's more frightening for a monolithic opinion in any group. Dissent is good. Robust debate is good. But now we're coming to a point in America where differences of opinion can lead to hatred. And we see it almost every day. I don't think Marr and Goldberg hate each other, but they're certainly not going to go out to dinner anytime soon, vaccinated or not. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Seven WABC listeners following the fatal shooting of NYPD officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. It's more important than ever to show our police the support and respect they deserve. This Friday, 77 WABC is asking all Americans to stand and take a moment of silence for one minute at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard to honor two heroes, police officers Jason Rivera and police officer Wilbert Mora. You can also show your support for Officers Rivera, Officer Mora, their families, friends, and all police personnel by heading over to wabcradio.com slash pin and get a free 77 WABC Back the Blue pin. Once you get your pin, take a selfie and post it to your social media with the hashtag 77WABC. B-T-B. That's hashtag 77 W-A-B-C-B-T-B, 
back the blue, and let the world know that you back the blue. That's wabcradio.com slash pin for a free 77 WABC back the blue pin and join 77 WABC in showing your support for our police, those two heroes. So we're back to uh, you can fly a thin blue line flag and you will not be called a bigot like you were, say, a year ago, yeah. a year and a half ago? So what? For a day. I, I remember very vividly, and so do you, Byrne, after 9-11, for about two weeks, everybody loved the cops. Everybody loved the firefighters. They loved them. It took about two weeks. They were back to being no good. And, you know, so it'll be the same thing with this. These poor guys, heroes, died, even though there's millions of these folks, maybe not millions, hundreds of thousands of these men and women that put their lives on line every day. Nobody cares. So, I mean, these people don't care. They're bad people. So, yeah, they'll cry for a day like Jamani Williams and Letitia James. And in a week, they're not going to care anymore. Well, yeah, no, that is a cynical uh, view, a viewpoint uh, on the part of Sid Rosenberg. I take a more optimistic view. I think the tide is turning. I think it's turning back towards law and order, police, appreciation. You're nuts. I know. I may be very, very naive, Pollyannish. You're not naive. You know that. You're just just hoping. Maybe I'm I'm just hopeful, but uh, I kind of feel it. I kind of feel that even the the general public, you see, uh, you know, a lot of people interviewed up in Harlem after these uh, police officers were shot. Sure. And, uh, you know. They realized that Burn. those police uh, that w- were there. Yeah. One African-American guy holds up some store and gets shot dead by the cops, and they'll set this city on fire in a matter of 15 seconds. They will I, forget I, about listen, Rivera and Mora in 15 seconds. I hear what you're saying, and you're, you may be right. You're probably right. But uh, I maintain that uh, the tide is, is turning somewhat. Let's I, hope so. I, I really do. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah. Hey, I did see something yesterday. You know, I'm always talking about ratings on this show, and people don't like it, and that's fine. That's uh, the old school Howard Stern, Don Imus, Neil Rogers stuff. And um, long story short, I did uh, see yesterday the 12-plus ratings over the last couple of months. This is not a joke. I don't care what anybody tweets. I don't care what, what the New York Post writes. I saw the ratings, 12-plus. We are kicking the crap out of Boomer and Geo at FAN for months. We are destroying, not beating, destroying Len Berman and uh, who's the guy who writes uh, the... the, the, uh, the Michael Riedel. Oh, they're not even competing. No. The, uh, the other one, that NYC station, the, uh, the NPR station, right. they're not even close. And, and by the way, we beat the living daylights the last two months out of AM CBS, the only station that competes with us. And, and quite frankly, I'll be honest, especially on snow days, they beat us, is 10-10 wins. Otherwise, FAN, CBS, all these stations, 12-plus, they are in Bernie and Sid's rearview mirror. So, wow. That, uh, and, and I saw it. I saw that I was sitting there, and it was shown to me the last couple of months, and I was like, wow, this is for real. For real. You get some raw, unvarnished truth and passion right here on the Bernie and Sid show. And the rest of the station, truth, WABC, all, all the credit and all the... Well, all the praise to uh, John Katzmatidis, to Chad Lopez, to everybody, yeah. to Matt Meany, the, everybody here who, who's working on this station, and all the talent that we have, Greg Kelly, terrific, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, again, Cats at Night, uh, James Golden. It really is uh, incredible. Bill, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, yeah. Yeah, yeah big bad Bill O'Reilly. And, of course, you, you, can, you cannot not include Justin Alec. Oh, no doubt. 
Justin Ellick is a, a major, a huge. I got to tell you something. That kid, I, I, I respect the hell out of him. So he works I. hard. I love him. I, love I mean, whatever cast. I ask him for, whatever, it's ready for me the next morning. It is there. Well, the, the, feeling but... is, uh, the feeling is mutual. Our whole cast, from Justin Ellick to Luke Legrano to, to Mike Garcia to Frankie, Christina, Gabby. I mean, we are very lucky, and they have assembled an all-star team around me and Bernie, uh, Hall of Famers. Now you got an all-star team around us, and uh, that is part of the reason why with all the other talent Bernie just mentioned, that, again, this is fact. This is fact. We beat everybody in this city every morning. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. Hey, listen, uh, Congressman Peter King, speaking of uh, kings, Congressman Peter King, uh, who we love dearly, he's coming up in a little bit. There's a man who leads a life of danger. That he does. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Download that app, folks. Also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And live stream us on your smart TVs, your computers, at WABCradio.tv. Right now, we are joined by a man who served honorably, served our country, served Long Island very, very honorably as a congressman for years and years. He's retired now. He's now a colleague of ours here on 77 WABC. Every Wednesday morning at this time, we bring him in, and we're honored again to have Congressman Peter King join the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, Congressman King. Good morning, Bernie. Thanks for the intro. It's great to have you back. And uh, how are you putting up with Sid? How's he doing, do you think? He's doing great. <laughs> I love, love Sidney. to about him, you know? Love him to pieces. He's, uh, he's one of a kind. I really yeah, do. That's true. That is true. He's great. <laughs> hey, listen, Congressman, there's yeah. so much that, that I want to get your take on nationally, locally. But I guess we, we should start off locally. Uh, the uh, other officer who was shot. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Officer Mora, he's, he died. He passed away. Uh, coincidentally, uh, yesterday at the same time, Eric Adams laid out his blueprint to end what he calls gun violence, which I hate the term, by the way. It's not gun Guns are not killing people. People are killing people. But either way, I want to get your overall thoughts on that on this whole situation here in New York City because it is also national news as well. Congressman King, take it away. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely tragic, and yet it was really foreseeable. Going back to the riots of the summer of 2020, when you had leading politicians and people in the media and the NFL and everyone else somehow taking the side of Black Lives Matter against cops, using one tragic incident in Minneapolis or out in Minnesota to uh, justify throwing Molotov cocktails and bricks and baseball bats at cops in Brooklyn and Manhattan, uh, trying to burn down Manhattan. That really set the tone. It set the tone that uh, it was okay to be anti-cop. That was going to be the hysteria. We were going to give in to the left-wing radicals, Black Lives Matter, give in in to Antifa. And, you know, the other night, I mean, I tried to avoid watching the NFL at all costs, but I saw a game and there's some... uh, uh, and racism banners on the back of the helmets. Just think if somebody put on that they back the blue or they support the cops two weeks ago. They probably would have been thrown out of the NFL. But now everyone is loving the cops. The cops should be loved all the time. And Eric Adams, and again, I hope his plan works, and I've had some hope for him from the start. Like you had, uh, Bernie, like Bo has. And uh, if he stays on this, it's one thing. But again, uh, like when he says he's not going to go back to the bad old days. Well, the bad old days were Bill Bratman and Ray Kelly, where we reduced uh, murders in the African-American community and everywhere. 
by 80%, 85%. That's what made the streets safe. And he says he's not going to be targeting people because of race. I don't think Bill Bratton and Ray Kelly ever targeted people because of race. They went where the, where the crime was. And I know when Ray Kelly left office at the end of 2013, after 12 years of stop and frisk, after 12 years of that, his rating in the minority communities was almost 70%. It's favorable rating. So I just I hope Eric Adams puts the anti-crime unit back in the street. Let them do their job. And the test is going to come when there's the first incident at a bodega or a subway station and some uh, bad guy gets shot and somebody says that the cop shot him for no reason and you have uh, demonstrations and Al Sharpton starts marching around and you have Antifa getting going, you have uh, Jamani Williams and Tish James and all of them. Uh, that's when it's going to be up to yep. Mayor Adams. I think he wants to. I hope he does. And if he stands strong, then that'll send a signal. Because otherwise, if you're a cop and you were asked to go in this unit, will you go there now, not knowing whether or not you, you know, they're going to have your back? Right. Listen, I, I, I told you guys, I think Keyshawn Sewell is going to be a great, great police commissioner. I thought her statement last Friday night was outstanding. Uh, I know people have talked to her every day, and they also swear by her. But again, you have to have the mayor, and he's going to have to take on the city council. He's going to have to take on the speaker. And when he talk about how tough it's going to be uh, because there's so many illegal guns. Well, the fact is, when Rudy Giuliani became mayor, there were two million illegal guns in New York City. And yet he progressively went out. They went after the guys with the guns. And it's not just that you're getting the guns off the street. What you do is you're getting the people off the street that use the guns. And the guys who have the guns are afraid to come out because they know they're going to get bagged and they're going to end up in jail. So that's what you have to do is stand by the cops. This is not, listen, I'm not trying to minimize it at all. But there is a formula. It worked under Ray Kelly. It worked under Bill Bratton. It worked under Rudy Giuliani and Mike Bloomberg. And, uh, and that's to stand with the cops. And see, one thing I disagree with you were saying before that yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a short honeymoon for the cops and people yep. go against them. Yep. Actually, you go back to a good times during the, the good years during Ray Kelly and uh, Mike Bloomberg. And uh, uh, cops were pretty popular. I mean, it was really what turned it around. And I don't think it was uh, even in the public. It was just this... Uh, uh, giving in to these loud voices screaming and yelling during the whole George, George Floyd matter. And I mean, you think night after night when, yeah, I, I remember in Brooklyn when I, they two miles have cocktails with a cop, and the next day Governor Cuomo was on television saying he's proud to stand with his supporters. You had people desecrating St. Patrick's Cathedral, and the district attorney, Cy Vance, said he wouldn't even right. prosecute them. Disgusting. I mean, yeah, so I mean, but, we have to but, change that whole tone. No, 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 no we that. do. But, but when, you, when you say you disagree with me, uh, and, and again, you're, you've been around longer than I, I have, I and mean, you're smarter than me. Way. I'm just saying. I think no, 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 it's, it's, it's fair. fair. But, I, I, I think but, New York is basically a very good people, but you have to well, have I'm good leadership. Fine. I mean, it's fine. I, look, the, 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 it's not the same as it was, though, because you do have social media. You know, when Ray right. Kelly and these guys were there, you didn't have 9,000 million people on Twitter yelling and screaming how bad the cops are. You didn't have 90 cable stations on every single day telling us how bad the cops are. So why I think it's, it's less likely you return to that today than 20 years ago is there are too many forces against you. And, and I know that after a day like we had last Friday, it's very easy to come out and shed a tear. And if you're Alvin Bragg or Eric Adams, say the right things. But between social media and the amount of media out there that really goes against what we believe in every single day, it's not like it was Peter King 20 years ago. It just isn't. Yeah, I just think, though, that the voices on social media are very loud, and I think that the average New Yorker, if they're given the opportunity, if they're given the leadership, I think they will stand up and you know, uh, basically support the cops. I agree with you. I mean, it is a different world because of social media and because the, the media itself, the mainstream media, has gone so far to the left. But 
what he has to do with Mayor Adams, listen, he's, he's a tough guy. He got where he is. He's, been, he's had a rough career, and he's made it. Uh, so I give him tremendous credit for that. But when the people like the Giovanni Williams of the world and Tish James, and we go through the whole list of them, when they start carrying on, he's going to have to stand tough. Like already, I mean, within, the, I think, the next day, when Giovanni Williams was there on Friday night, he was almost in tears, how terrible it is. The cops every day, you know, they risk their lives for us. And then two days later, he's saying we can't go back to the days, basically, I'm paraphrasing, you know, cops are targeting Af- African-Americans. Right. I mean, so no, th- those people are useless, they're hopeless, and you've got to stand up to them. Absolutely right, Congressman Peter King. And the tide, again, turning maybe because yeah, 11-month-old girls getting shot in the face. I mean, people are, even people in the inner city are like, enough of this, enough of this madness. Let's crack down. Let's stop coddling the criminals. I think even they're experience, uh, experiencing this epiphany as well. I certainly hope so, uh, Congressman Peter King. But I'd like to segue in uh, uh, the, the remaining minutes that we have sure. to national news. Now, we have this... Most people don't care about the Ukraine. Most people don't care. But if, if you have this administration because of they want to distract from inflation, the supply chain, crime, et cetera, whatever, if they're actually uh, you know, trying to push us into some sort of hostility with uh, uh, Putin, I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. What do we care about the territorial integrity of the border of Ukraine? While we don't even care about our own border down here on the, the the southern border down in Texas, Arizona, California, et cetera, uh, give us your top line thoughts on all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, first of all, my first thought is that we wouldn't be in this situation if uh, Joe Biden had shown leadership. If he hadn't caved in Afghanistan the way he did, that horrible uh, withdrawal where Americans were getting killed, being abandoned, uh, fleeing from the rooftop of the embassy, that was absolutely a disgrace. Other, uh, other leaders see weakness, or the way he's going back and was begging Iran to uh, allow us to go back into this nuclear treaty, which only helps Iran, and the way, uh, again, only uh, uncertainty that's creating. Now, here's why I think Ukraine is important. We should not get involved in a shooting war, let me say that, is that right now you have Russia and China are taking advantage of what they see as American weakness. China is expanding everywhere, including in Latin America, in Europe, and Africa, economically. They're expanding throughout the Pacific. Now you have, there have been for years, this division between Russia and China. Russia and China are now working together. And you see what they're doing in, uh, in Europe. Right? Joe Biden cutting down our pipeline, shutting down our pipelines, but allowing uh, uh, Russia to go ahead, uh, ahead with its pipeline. Now Europe is going to be depending on Russia for energy. So they can slowly but sh- uh, surely establish a economic stranglehold. And that, again, could lead to more military confrontation where we'd be the weaker party. So why I think it's important that we send a message in Ukraine is uh, to reestablish ourselves. We're not going to allow Russia and China to slowly advance both militarily and economically. Because right now, if you were an ally, uh, uh, I'm saying, if uh, you're a cop and you feel secure that the uh, department's going to stand be- uh, behind you, I'm saying if you're an American ally, are you willing to risk the future of your country based on the word of Joe Biden? Listen, under Donald Trump, who was America first, did not want to get involved in foreign uh, activities, foreign wars, the fact is nobody moved on us because they knew that he would take whatever actually had to if, if he was pushed. And so that's why Russia did nothing. Uh, Donald Trump was supposed to be the agent with uh, Putin. The fact is, he did more against Putin than Obama ever did. Russia didn't advance one inch during the, or threatened one bit when Donald Trump was in office. When we go down the line, you had the Arab states actually signing up with Israel. So to, to me, the way to maintain peace and not go to war is to have a strong defense and make it clear that our word means something. And uh, so that's why I think 
we have to send uh, supplies to Ukraine. We have to uh, make it clear that countries like Poland and others are not going to be engulfed again by Russia. And again, I don't see a shooting war with Russia against those countries, but they're encroaching, they're encroached, and economically they can create a stranglehold. I mean, right now Germany is doing nothing for us as far as Ukraine. Why? Because they depend almost totally now on Russia yep. for energy. And that's because Joe Biden cut off America's energy independence and he allowed Russia to become a dominant economic force. So that's how things are tied together. But no, I don't believe we should have American soldiers fighting in Ukraine. Our final 60 seconds, Peter. You're a worldly guy. You're great. Uh, your opinions on really everything matter. And you're a big sports fan like me and Bernard. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. I don't want to hear about steroids. I think it's ridiculous that Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez are not in the Hall of Fame. They are three of the greatest players ever. In fact, in my lifetime, Barry Bonds is the best player I've ever seen. They walked this guy with the bases loaded because they'd rather give up one run than four. How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? What are your thoughts, Peter King? Yeah, I'm not trying to talk it. I was actually talking to a former major league yesterday who was totally opposed to those guys ever going in the Hall of Fame. Then you talk to others. I, I would think that probably after a few more years, start letting him in one, one by one. Uh, and also, the, the irony is, guys like uh, Bonds and Clemens, long before steroids even came around, those guys had Hall of Fame I'm careers. glad you said that. I mean, Bonds was an MVP with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He looked like Chris Rock. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> those, you know, those guys, and, you know, Roger Clemens, except they collapsed in the uh, seventh game of the 86 uh, World Series. Yep. The sixth game of the 86 World Series. Yep. No, he was a dominant pitcher before steroids were ever you know, really in use. So I, I think they should... Maybe even have some kind of a separate category. And uh, to me, the, the, the worst defender is a guy like A-Rod who kept getting caught year after year. <laughs> He's I mean, just was, stupid. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's just stupid, yeah. I don't know, maybe Jennifer Lopez was mad at him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, long before he, uh, you know, killed two people, uh, O.J. Simpson was a great football player. He but, was. Uh, Let's not forget, he was, uh, I think he was the first 2,000-yard rusher in the history yeah. of the game with the Buffalo Bills. Hey, uh, Pete, as always, an amazing, amazing appearance. Thank you so much for uh, coming here every Wednesday and, and being our friend, and we love you. We thank love you. you to pieces. Oh, thank you, and let's keep those two police officers in our prayers and all the cops, all, all 35,000 of them. Well said. Uh, again, Rivera, uh, his funeral coming up on Friday at St. Patrick's Cathedral, and we found out this morning that Wilbert Mora, his funeral is coming up on Wednesday. We're about halfway through. Still lots more to do. Andrew Giuliani running for governor on the Republican ticket. He will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. And Donnelly, the new DA on Long Island. She's all about, all about putting bad guys in jail. She'll join us at 925. Lydia reports, beat Bernie, your phone calls, and more. Bernie and Sid on a Wednesday. Someone exactly like you I've been traveling all around the world Waiting for you to come through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like you 
great Van Morrison, someone like you, as we start hour number three, the eight o'clock hour, the second half of today's hump day edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning. That one uh, has to remind you, Bernie, of the I-Man, yeah? Well, yeah, of course, Van Morrison, uh, a f- sort of a, a friend, an associate well, well, of he, Mr. Imus. He was. Initially. He was. They went back and forth. Like Van everybody Morrison, else, it got ugly in the end. <laughs> Van, a, a cranky, uh, and Mr. Imus as well, two cranky individuals. And, uh, yeah, they clashed towards the end. But, uh, yeah, he was a frequent guest, uh, Van Morrison was. But his music, terrific. Uh, you know, I witnessed the song you just played and yeah. uh, all, the, all the upbeat songs. Uh, the songs of our youth. Sydney. Yes, yes, brown-eyed girl and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lydia Reports is coming up next at 825. We'll talk to Republican gubernatorial hopeful Andrew Giuliani, Rudy's son, coming up at 840. The new DA out on Long Island. We like this lady a lot. And Donnelly. In fact, she won because of us. <laughs> She's coming up at 925. Then we'll play Beat Bernie coming up at uh, 940. Uh, and as Bernie pointed out, all month long, January is a month of Mondays. The weather's brutal. It's depressing. It's sunny today, but for the most part, it's gloomy. It's cold. It ain't no fun. And uh, when you compound that with the amount of crime we've seen this month in New York City, and now the second officer uh, confirmed what I told you yesterday morning, Wilbert Mora, did in fact pass away. Now we've got two funerals coming up on Friday, Mr. Rivera's funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral, and then next Wednesday, a week from today, Mr. Mora's funeral. So we've got um, two cops now that are gone. And yet, uh, what's this lady's name? Kristen, I have to call her out again. Kristen Richardson Jordan. Yeah, this is a New York City councilwoman who, by the way, is not a white supremacist. And she found, she found in her heart this dingbat. She found in her heart enough room to sympathize with Rivera. I get that. To sympathize, uh, sympathize with Mora, I get that. And this animal, McNeil, who gunned these two innocent officers down. I have no patience for people like her. I don't want to hear it, that she's got to find a way to sympathize with the killer. What am I missing, fam- Bert? The family, the family of the killer. I don't care who it is. No, I agree with you. Listen, you, you, you can separate the two. Do not put the, both of them in the same tweet. Uh, if you want to say, uh, hey, I'm sorry to the family, you had a crazy a psycho kid who did something terrible, put that in a separate tweet. Do not put it in the same tweet of the, uh, the families of the slain cops. It is completely and totally a different animal issue, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it really is uh, a slap in the face, and it shows her true sentiments, really, is what it is. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's reluctantly paying tribute to the families or, or con- condolences to the families That's of the slain officers. That's how I feel. I feel like she had to do that, so she right. did it. But she'd much rather I – think I think she's probably crying more over McNeil and what his mother is going through than the officers. I, I really believe that. Sure, I feel that way, Bernie. I agree with you. No, no it, it's, it's gross. And, uh, and uh, listen, and this is where, again, uh, this is a special circumstance. No, no, we pull no punches right now. Eric Adams uh, and, and, and more prominent people, call her out. Call her and everybody else out. I see on the front page of the New York Post, which is heartbreaking, a cop's crying over the death of Officer Mora. Yeah. You have uh, Michael Goodwin, uh, the, uh, the front page headline, they actually allude to it, Michael Goodwin, a despicable Albany polls do nothing. And, uh, again, that goes to my point. 
uh, Eric Adams call out the state See, legislature. But this goes to my point. When you say, and even Peter King agreed with you, you feel like maybe there's a change in tide here. I don't. You know what I'll start to feel like there's a change in tide? To Eric Adams' credit, okay, I'll give him some credit today. Not because he wants to sit down and improve stuff, because I do too. But he did make a call to Albany yesterday because he wants to reform criminal bail reform. So I got to give Eric Adams credit for that. When that happens, when I start to see stuff like that happening, then I'll say, yeah, maybe the tide is turning. I don't care what people say on the news, what they say in the papers. When I see Jamani Williams crying and I see Letitia James crying, that's not turning the tide. That means nothing because a week later they forget about it. When I start to see legislation, when I see laws change that respect the people and the police and not the criminals, then I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Bernie, and say, maybe you're right. And which, uh, to affect that, I, I believe, because uh, the, the fact of the matter is this, the, uh, the, the leader in the state assembly, Carl Heasty, uh, the leader of the uh, state senate, uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, they won't bring this to a vote. That's the problem. That's why they should be called out by name. By name, what are you doing? Look at our city. They have to actually bring it to the floor and allow a vote. They won't do it. They're dug in. They want this policy, and that's why they should be named and shamed. And, and again, he is the media darling. He's got the bully pulpit. It's time to call people out by name. And, and, and I'll take it even further. Every time you have a, a lenient judge who releases some uh, mutt who is a repeat offender, you release him on some really low bail or no bail, uh, and and you could have, uh, you know, held him on a higher bail if if the law doesn't apply in that case. Call him out by name, yep, by name, and shame them, and and, and show some passion, show some anger. This is no joke anymore. This is this is. I mean, the tide has turned, but we have to uh, employ some new tactics, and these these are individuals with blood on their hands. And they no more anonymity for them. Call them out by name. Well, you just uh, said the right word, anger. And I've said this a million times over the years. I used to get so frustrated with Barack Obama. There'd be a terrorist attack, Americans killed at an airport in Brussels, or, you know, Americans killed at a Christmas party in California. He was never angry. He was always sympathetic towards the Muslim people. And yeah. you remember this, Bernie? He was, he was the, the, the most apologetic, feckless leader we've ever had, including Joe Biden. And he was never angry. No, and I was, hated that about him. Like, get effing pissed. He was apathetic right. is what he was. And it was, all, it was all like, you know, a news story. And, uh, yeah, it's right. tragic. And it's, exactly. I'm sorry. And we move on. And don't, don't, don't blame your neighbor. So now when two beautiful young cops get gunned down in the street, if you can't get pissed over that, if you can't get pissed over that, what's going to tick you off? What's exactly. going to make you angry? I want to see spittle uh, flying out of your mouth. Like when... I just did. You just spittle yeah. right now on, on our television show. That's uh, exactly, that's exactly what I want to see. That's exactly the way I feel. That's exactly the way a lot of people feel. And we want that reflected in our leaders because uh, they represent us. We want to hear it from them. We want to hear people who can affect change and and who are being listened to right now. And And again... Uh, they're in, in high demand on all the television shows. People are actually listening to them. You can make a difference. Now is the time, now is the time. to display that anger, that passion, yeah. and get things done, Get affect some change right now. Although it may all be academic, it may mean nothing, because the truth is, is we're about to get involved in this war 
with uh, Russia and the Ukraine, and we're all going to die anyway. So what, what, who cares what happens on the subways or in New York City once, once Russia drops the big bomb and wipes us out? Then it doesn't matter, does it? Well, yeah, you know, it's uh, I, yeah. I talked to we, we just talked to Congressman Peter King. Look, uh, China is the issue. China's the problem. Again, uh, you know, Russia and the Ukraine, they're cousins. Ukraine is not part of uh, NATO. Uh, we have no business uh, worrying about again the territorial integrity. As a matter of fact, if you think I'm uh, making this up, I mean, these people have disdain for you, contempt. They think you're stupid. This is the deputy national uh, security advisor. His name is Jonathan Finer, Biden's guy on CNN yesterday. I mean, what he said, just listen to him and, and keep in mind our southern border where you have hordes of people coming in. And by the way, the majority of them now just young adult males with no kids, no families, no women, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, listen to the deputy, uh, deputy national security advisor on CNN yesterday. Take a listen to this. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine? Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. Sovereignty at the borders. I mean, they say that with a straight face. Unbelievable. If, 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 with, uh, on the same day that you, you have this video of, again, hordes of people coming in, young adult males, and the uh, idiot Kamala, uh, she reiterated the same words that I mentioned a couple of days ago about the uh, territorial integrity of borders. Listen to her. The bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time that we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of, U- of Ukraine, and we expect that Russia would do the same, and any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. Shut up. What a stupid yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What Thank you, even, Joe what, Biden. What, what does that even mean, severe consequences? What are we going to do? And what do we care? What we, do don't, we, care? Well, we, what? we don't. You and I don't care, but but if, if they care, they act as if they do. They don't either. Don't kid yourself. Biden doesn't care. Kamala doesn't care. But if they're going to make that type of threat, it's going to be met with severe consequences. What are they going to do? What are well, they going to do? Try, they're going to try to pressure uh, Germany not to buy oh, the oil that they allowed right, right. Uh, them to buy in, over in the, the past place. year. Right. You know, they're going to they're gonna pressure, but Germany doesn't care. We, the, the whole idea of NATO is to protect Europe, Eastern Europe, and uh, of course Western Europe. That's the whole idea of NATO. And if they're going to do uh, from Russia, from Russia, yeah. and if they're going to do business with Russia, and and Germany's like, you know, really we don't care what uh, if, if if Russia has a minor or a major incursion into the Ukraine, which by the way they did, they took uh, Crimea. Back in 2014, during the Obama administration, but uh, the, the, Europe doesn't care. Nobody cares. Nobody. It's it's a civil war. It's just like as I mentioned yesterday. It's like in the Middle East. It's the Sunnis versus the Shiites. We have no business no. being there. Uh, forget Russia is the, the economy is a, smaller than the size of the economy of Texas. They're not a, a threat. We have to focus on China. And uh, that's the bottom line. This is a distraction, if you ask me, from uh, the inflation, from the crime, from uh, all kinds of disasters, uh, supply chain disasters, poll numbers. This is what it is. And it really is gross, disgusting. And there's the law of unintended consequences. You start getting involved in the middle of hostilities between two people that we really don't give a rat's ass about. And by the way, 
uh, Joe Biden's crackhead son received millions of dollars from the Ukraine, who that's the country we're siding with. I mean, it, it, is nobody going to mention this? I mean, this is a conflict of interest. Is nobody <laughs> going to bring the, that fact up? Well, we did. But uh, who else are you looking for to do it? I'm curious. Uh, anybody. Any, any? How about Republicans? How about how about Republicans uh, who are uh, half of the Republican Party is, is warmongering as well? Well, that's why, you know, there's a couple of guys that are honest about this. And they hold Republicans uh, accountable for the lack of success. I mean, here we are yelling and screaming, vote Republican, vote Republican. You get guys like Mitch McConnell and years ago guys like Paul Ryan. And you can't vote for those guys either. And you're right. They don't make a big deal. Mitt Romney's another one. They don't make a big deal about these types of things. And they should be. They should be yelling and screaming this from the, from the damn rooftops. They really should. No, it's gross. Uh, have we learned nothing? I mean, getting involved in foreign entanglements, we were warned about that back in, uh, you know, 1800, for God's sakes. I think yeah. Thomas Jefferson brought it up. Uh, it's just, and then of course you have Afghanistan. Have we learned nothing from that? Have we learned nothing from the war in Iraq? Have we learned nothing from the the war in Vietnam? Vietnam, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, Come what on. is? It's got to be. It's got to be some sort of imminent threat to us, the United yeah. States and the and Americans. It really has to be for us to put our uh, money on the line and to put our. You know, best and brightest, our, 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 our treasure, our young men's blood yeah. on the line and women to some extent. Uh, it has to be that. Short of that, stay the hell out of it. So 30 seconds before we break for Lydia Reports and Andrew Giuliani. Great hour. More Americans care about what's going on between Ukraine and Russia or the fact that Sean Payton stepped down as the Saints head football coach. Oh, it's the latter. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, more Americans probably do. I mean, they're not really paying attention to uh, the Ukraine thing. Yeah. But they should because, you know, look, look at Iraq. Look at uh, Afghanistan. I mean, it leads to uh, leads to bad things. But uh, that's funny. Sean Payton stepped out. <laughs> I mean. Uh, major they, news, Bernard. Major. Huge news. There's got to be some scandal in there. <laughs> I think he's just bored. 16 years in Orleans is a long time on Bourbon Street. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. As I just mentioned, Lydia Serrani. Lydia reports. Always terrific. She's coming up next. Gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani. Rudy's kid. He's coming up at 840. We'll talk to Ann Donnelly, the new DA out on Long Island. She's coming up at 925. And then B. Bernie, your chance at a $100 gift card. Compliments of our dear friend Pete Morgan at Peerless Boilers. That's coming up at 940. A lot of excitement left. This, the Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. How are you guys? Hey now. Terrific, The reunion was pretty good. Good. I was watching the Vanderpump Rules reunion. It was actually, I couldn't even watch the whole season. I'm very upset about Stassi getting the boot and uh, Kristen. And Jax. Very upsetting. Yeah. Ja- Jax but is a maniac. But. It was good, though. I enjoyed it, too. I'm glad you were watching it with me. <laughs> he, I, I need the junk. I need the junk when I get home because it's like you talk about this stuff all day long. It's so depressing what's going on. So Mayor Eric Adams, he's saying all the right things, right? He wants to get New York City safe again. He wants to reform the bail reform law right now. New York State is the only state in the country that doesn't allow judges to use their brains to keep violent felons behind bars. Because right now, because of the stupid bail reform law, most crimes are not even eligible for bail, including violent felonies. Had 
that guy that killed the girl at the Burger King in Harlem, on November 30th, he menaced a, a guy at a homeless shelter with, with a screwdriver. Just a few weeks prior, he did it with a knife, and he was just released. That's the bail reform law. So because of the bail reform law, that girl now up in Harlem is dead. And and a 19-year-old beautiful girl, we've been seeing these incidents over and over. You've got that, that woman that was shoved in front of the train. That guy, too, had been arrested multiple times. The homeless guy thinks he's God, insane, pushed her, killed her. So you would think the legislators would say, okay, now you got Mayor Eric Adams, 22 years on the force. He's also a black guy. He's also a Democrat. He's on our side. Maybe we should listen to him. Maybe we should revisit the bail reform law. Oh, no. Oh, no. Take a listen to here. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins. She's of Yonkers. She's that woman that's always wearing, like, the scarf. And also the Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty. the both of them, say they're not budging. And so Stewart-Cousins, she was interviewed by this Albany reporter, which is very, very weak interview. But I cut a little portion. Take a listen to hear what she said about bail reform. Our bail reform laws are certainly not responsible for a spike in crime across the country. We did this reform not because we woke up one morning and decided it was a good thing to do and oh, we did A, let's do B. We did it because it has long been recorded that there has been an extreme disparity in the treatment of people in the criminal justice oh, yeah. system who are poor, who are black, who are brown. The reality is the data has started to come in and they are saying that 98% of the people who are out without bail are not committing a, a, another violent crime. My see, God. see what I'm saying, Bernie? What an so, ostrich with her head. That's I know, why but that, I'm but saying that, that Eric Adams has to call this lady out. Okay, but, but she's wrong. I, of course she's wrong. She's lying. And the reporter didn't even say to her, who's the they? Where are you getting your facts from, lady? I mean, all you have to do is a simple Google search. I'll just the NYPD data shows that in the first two months bail reform was implemented, 482 people were arrested for a felony. All of those people were released thanks to the bail reform. Of those 482 people, they went on to commit almost 900 more crimes. So where is she getting this 98 percent don't recommit? I mean, any kind of crime. She is a compulsive liar. Yeah. Well, I never said these people were honest. All I'm saying is I'd be careful when you start saying things like the tide is turning, people are starting to figure it out, things are going to change. They're dug in. They are dug in. And I don't think the public is all that different. I think they cry when bad stuff happens and they return to their psycho corner when it's all over. And, and that is the evidence right there. There's a lady that can change things overnight who is even more adamant than ever that this thing is working. And by the way, certain uh, you know bail laws needed reform, perhaps. Uh, there was something. I'll, I'll grant you. Maybe there was some inequality. Alan, Alan, Bernie, Alice Johnson should not have gone to prison for 30 years. Right. There you go. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. And but the, the Khalif least, Browder case. At the Khalif Browder, least. the kid with this backpack. That's right. the most egregious. You don't you don't demonize an entire system like George Floyd with the police. Khalif Browder is that kid that stole a backpack. He wound up in Rikers for three years. He was in solitary confinement, right, right, committed right, right, right. suicide in 2015. Listen, that was egregious. That was right. horrific. That's, that's We're not talking about that. There, there's some, some validity to uh, reforming the bail laws as they were a couple of years ago. At the very least, you have to give judges discretion when, when some animal shows up and he's uh, repeatedly committing violent crimes. Uh, the judge has to have the discretion to say, you know what? I think that guy's going to go back out 
and victimize another human being, I am going to impose bail on that. You know what? I'm going to ask you this, Perm, because you always ask this question. That's a great question. Do you trust? How many times do you think, whether you're talking about Biden or Harris, any Democrat leader, how many times have you said to the audience, Perm, in the last couple of months, do you trust? I'll ask you this. Do you trust these judges, these liberal judges, a lot of them Jewish people like me? Do you trust them? Uh, no, not all of them. Hardly, hardly. And, and again, I've named and shamed these judges in the past. Uh, the Dennis Boyle guy up in the Bronx Supreme Court. I've named and shamed them. But still, you have to allow. Uh, some of the judges have said in the past they'd let, there was nothing I could do. The law dictated, the, the mandated that I release this guy. I wanted to keep him. I wanted to impose bail. I couldn't do it because of the law coming out of the state legislature. Now, uh, it, regarding the state legislature, both Cousins and uh, the, the leader of the Assembly, Carl Heasty, they won't allow this to come up for a vote. They, so these two right. people are directly responsible for these horrific, uh, deadly, bloody, uh, no-cash-bail laws that lead directly, again, to that girl in Harlem who's working overnight at a Burger King, the beautiful Latina lady, and she's dead now. Uh, they need, and that's why Eric Adams needs to name and sh- call them out. That's the only thing that's going to work is calling them out by name and, and associating them, put, put them as the face of the murderers with alongside the murderers of people like that lady in the Burger King. Absolutely. And just like the business leaders and so many other lawmakers, they targeted Alvin Bragg. They spoke out and they said, your 10-page manifesto where you said you're not even going to prosecute armed robberies or resisting arrests and crimes against police is outrageous. And and he walked it back. I mean, do I believe him? I I hope so. But he walked it back because he saw he had no way out. And that's what needs to be done to Hasty. That's what needs to be done to Stuart Cousins, the fact that they won't even put it up for a vote. And they're both African-American, which is astounding to me because the majority of victims, if almost all of them, are people of color. So this bail reform law is hurting the very communities they're claiming to protect. We know that the the majority of New Yorkers are good law-abiding people, but it's that minority criminal element. Minority. I'm not talking about the color of their skin. I'm saying it's a minority portion of the population that commits the crime and recommits the crime over and over again. And we need to help hold those people accountable and put them away. And we need to hold our lawmakers accountable and call them out, like you said, Bernie, and said that's what we need to do. All right, Lydia, thank you as always. That's a great report. Any, anybody big coming up later on today at five? I have no idea who's going to be on okay. like this beautiful orchestra that plays. You know, Sid, somebody was saying on the Frank Morano fans and haters page, who kisses John Katzmatidi's butt more, me or you? There was a contest. I don't know if you know about it. No, I don't know anything about it. I don't kiss That's- the mantis. I, I, I state the facts. Hey. And the facts are that he's done a miraculous job saving Thank the you. station. He puts well, on a great show you. every weekday. He I puts on a great you. show every Sunday morning. Well, you beat me because you sit with him every no, day. No, no, they said I kiss his butt more. I'm yeah. not kissing anybody's butt. Anybody who knows me knows I tell it like it is. I'm just stating the facts. The guy has tripled the ratings. He brought this station back from the dead. We have the number one show at 5 o'clock. We are making a change facts. in the world. These are facts. So yep. if that's kissing his butt, then... Hey, hey like, I'm going to keep on doing we, it. We, we let's make French, out. We should French kiss his butt. Yeah, yeah. That's done. exactly. I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't listen to those people. I don't care. Uh, it means nothing to me. So. But I am but, very proud to yeah. be on the John Katzmatidi show. 
five o'clock Monday through Friday, number one show. And it's newsmakers from around the world, not just the country, from around the world. Everything you need to know will be in that one hour show, five o'clock, John Katz. Right, thank you. You can follow Lydia, by the way, on Instagram at Lydia News One, on Twitter at Lydia News. Still to come right after we do the these updates, which Bernie's going to tell you about momentarily. Republican candidate for governor, Andrew Giuliani. things about Bernie and Sid, but you can't say we're not fair. About two weeks ago, Rob Astorino was on this show. He's running for governor on the Republican side. Yesterday, Lee Zeldin was on this show. He's running for governor on the Republican side. And now, right now, joining us, good friend of ours, and of course, his father is a dear, dear friend of both me and Bernie for many, many years. The great Rudy Giuliani, heard every weekday on this station at 3 p.m., the apple did not fall far from the tree. We'll tell you that. His son, Andrew Giuliani, running for governor, joins us again right now on this Wednesday morning. Andrew, Sid, and Bernie, welcome back, pal. How are you? Andrew. Bernie. Bernie, Sid, thank you so much for having me. You know, look, my heart is heavy right now for the, for the Mora family, the Mora and Rivera families. To think about this tragedy, uh, you know, it's uh, I grew up with cops, right? I mean, yeah. you think about it, when, when I had a protective detail on me, I had two cops with me all the time, and... and those guys I considered my uncles. One was my confirmation sponsor. Uh, I understand just how important our police are to our community, and I understand also the fantastic lies that we've been told mm. about our police over the last few years and what it's doing not just to the police force, but obviously what it's doing to crime all around our city and all around our state. Well, there's no doubt about it. And you talk about your detail growing up, Andrew. And again, not that Lee Zeldin doesn't love the police or Astorino or, or any other. But, but you, you, not only do you go up with it around you, but, I mean, we're not that far removed, 20-something years, from your father going, going to countless funerals for officers that died in those buildings on 9-11. Now we've got a funeral for Rivera coming up on Friday, a funeral for Mora coming up on Wednesday. So you, Andrew, grew up in a household. We're going to funerals for cops, unfortunately, was something you guys did quite often. Yeah, well, well, you know, look, it, it came back, I really think, from when my father was young. You know, he had five uncles who were police officers, including his, uh, who I know he's talked about on the radio show before, including his, uh, his hero, Rudy Giuliani, who actually, on his last couple weeks on the job, pulled somebody down from the Brooklyn Bridge. This is back in the 1960s before. And his commanding officer, actually, uh, toward the end of the job, was actually a one Ray Kelly. So you talk about how close the the WABC family is in terms of of everything here. But, you know, look, I, I was listening a little bit before to... Uh, to, to John John Katzenmatidi's interview, Mayor Adams, and the one thing that I would say in listening to what Mayor Adams said, he said we need to tweak bail reform. Well, I would completely disagree, Bernie. And said I would say we need to blow up 
bail reform. Because if you look at crime around this state and you overlay it with when bail reform came into place, it has just completely spiked. It, start, it started spiking under de Blasio, certainly. But once bail reform came into place, it, it just went out of control. And this is not just only in New York City. This is why Rochester had the most murders ever in recorded history. It's why Buffalo uh, had it, saw a massive spike in violent crime. Same thing with Albany. Well, you're right about that, Andrew Giuliani. And the timeline, of course, is that uh, that bail reform law uh, w- was implemented January 1st of 2020. And we know that same year, uh, uh, George Floyd, the George Floyd incident and the overreaction, the really uh, way, way uh, hysterical overreaction to the death of George Floyd when the cop was arrested that day and faced the death penalty and all these things, uh, the Black Lives Matter, the demonization of police officers unfairly, all of them put together uh, has led to this atmosphere of lawlessness, other things as well. But there's one question I do want to ask you about uh, Andrew Giuliani, who's running for governor in the state of New York on the Bernie and Sid show, is uh, something we discussed with Congressman Peter King. Eric Adams says he's putting together, he outlined this blueprint for uh, you know ending gun violence. But one of the things he said about the anti-crime unit, he says, we're not going back to the bad old days of the way the anti-crime unit was. Well, the bad old days were the good old days. That anti-crime unit was very, very effective. He's implying that it was racist, and it was your dad who was uh, in charge at the time, your dad, Bill Bratton, uh, uh, Ray Kelly, as you mentioned, and to a lesser extent, uh, Mike Bloomberg. Uh, What do you think of his, uh, his sort of tepid, a re-implementation of this uh, anti-crime unit. Well, it's playing politics, right? He's placating the left in saying that. But I I think the numbers don't lie, right? I mean, take a look and and look at the murder rate in the early 90s. And when you were at 2,200 murders a year in New York, if you get by the end of the Giuliani administration in New York by 2001, that number is under 600 murders, which actually continued to go down even into the first couple of years of de Blasio. And and I think it... it, uh, valued out at, at 289. Now, if you look at the amount of African-American and Hispanic-American New Yorkers that were murdered, every single year, it's somewhere between 65 and 75 percent. So you think about how many more African-American New Yorkers, Hispanic-American New Yorkers have their lives now because of those policies. Yep. So the truth is, he may be placating the most radical people in his party, yes. but honestly, if we want to see crime come back down the way that it needs to in New York, if we want to see businesses actually decide to stay here and grow here, then we're going to have to have a mayor who's not just going to placate the most radical people in their party, but it's actually going to look and say, you know what, the NYPD is the best law enforcement organization, not just in the country, but in the world, and we need to use them if we want to keep our citizens safe. Well, you just said it. I mean, and I've been saying this for months. Uh, I am maybe more more vociferous than anybody. Maybe Greg Kelly's the only other guy that he, he that's all he does is placate. Now I want to send an olive branch, or reach the olive branch out to Eric Adams and fix the relationship between him and me and, and me and Bernie. But the truth is, that's all he does is placate. So now that becomes a big question here. For example, your father when he was uh, when he was mayor, he had a deal with Governor Pataki. Everybody knows they didn't like each other all that much. But guess what? 9-11 happened, things happened, and they found a way, two adults, your dad and Pataki, to get along, and they were great together. The two morons that just left office, de Blasio and Cuomo, they could never do it. So if Andrew Giuliani was to win the gubernatorial next year, what would your relationship be like, because it's important, with the mayor, Eric Adams? 
Well, I certainly on day one would work to repeal bail reform uh, and give the mayor. But what if he says no? What if he says I'm not? I don't want. I don't want to do that. Well, it's coming out of the state right there. So I mean, obviously he can go and lobby uh, the assembly and and the state senate to do that. But but I think considering uh, he ended up promising, or I didn't say promising, but. Uh, campaigning against bail reform and basically pointing to the state. I mean, recently he's pointed to the state and say, there's only so much I can do. The governor needs to actually uh, work on repealing bail reform right there. So if he goes back on that, then it'd be pretty pretty obvious, I think, to, to most New Yorkers that he truly is just playing politics at this point and speaking out of both sides of his mouth. But I think he's being also sandwiched on both sides of this. And what I mean by that is, you got Governor Hochul, who two weeks ago during her State of the State speech, while she cursory mentioned crime, probably about 20 minutes into the speech, never mentioned cashless bail or bail reform. I think it shows you how out of touch she is mm-hmm. with the real problems that New Yorkers are facing. But then also, he's being sandwiched, obviously, by our new DA in Manhattan and Alvin Bragg. So, I mean, the cops can arrest everybody over here that's going to commit a crime, but if you're not going to have somebody who's going to actually prosecute them, and put them in jail for, and this is, we're not even talking about misdemeanors anymore, which by the way, think about this, right? When you think about not prosecuting the misdemeanors, or at least, you know, going through the misdemeanors and going through that process there, what he basically is saying is we are going to do the exact opposite of broken windows theory, which is the theory, obviously, that was implemented in the 90s in New York, continued under Bloomberg, which saw crime drastically go down in New York City. But on top of that, on top of doing the exact opposite of broken windows, he's now saying, I'm not going to actually have armed robbery as long as it's not with a loaded gun. So that could be a knife, it could be a pipe, or resisting arrest prosecuted as felonies. I mean, think about that and what that's going to do to this city. So I would remove Alvin Bragg on day one. I think it's obvious he violated his oath of office. The governor has the right under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution to do it, and he has, and I would do that. Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the state of New York here on the Bernie and State Show. Andrew, presumably, if you do get the nomination, you will be running against this uh, Kathy Hochul, who, by the way, appointed as her lieutenant governor a guy who supported Black Lives Matter and called for defunding the police. Kathy Hochul appointed that guy also and Eric Adams has done the same thing. She talks about a gun violence, as though the guns are committing the crimes, as though the yeah. SUV mowed down those people in Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, when, of course, we know it was a person. Same thing with uh, Kathy Hochul and the guns. It's people. It's not guns. I mean, we can stem the, try to stem the flow of guns, but it's a more immediate problem. It is individuals. Uh, what do you think of Kathy Hochul and her you know, essentially pandering to the radical left on gun control. You you said it. She's pandering to the radical left because she wants to win a primary. That's it. She doesn't want to actually tackle the real issue that will see crime go down in New York. And as I said before, you could see it in her not even mentioning bail reform in her state of the state speech. I mean, crime was the seventh or eighth thing that she ended up mentioning uh, and she, she talked about it for, I don't even think, 90 seconds. It was just about a minute or so. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, it, it shows you. I mean, everywhere that I go around the state, and I'm sure this is true with the congressman and sure it's true with Rob, uh, but the, the issues that New Yorkers always talk about, and it's good to kind of get a feel no matter where you are, but no matter where you are around the state, the three issues that New Yorkers are talking about now are number one is crime. You're hearing about the economy and jobs. 
And you're also hearing about education. And then obviously yep. the mandates over the last couple of months as well. But this is independent of whether you're talking to Republicans or Democrats. And look, that's why Eric Adams became the Democratic nominee for mayor, because they looked and they said, hey, this is one guy who's actually willing to acknowledge that crime is a problem in New York. Well, do something about it. I'm sick and tired of seeing our cops, unfortunately, having to go to St. Pat's and lay them to rest. It's enough of this stuff. And it's, you know, I know I'm emotional, but it's very, very close to my heart. And I just I'm, I'm done with this. Really it should be. Uh, yeah. And you're sincere. Uh, you're a Giuliani. And Giuliani's love this city and love the cops. I mean that, Andrew. So, uh, listen, we uh, we wish you the uh, the very, very, very best. We want you to keep coming back on this program. Keep talking. You're a strong voice. You're a tough kid. You're exactly what uh, New York needs. So uh, keep doing your talking out there and keep coming back, pal, and good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Sid. My man, Andrew Giuliani, right here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. He's an impressive kid. You got to say, I know Rudy's our friend. We love Rudy, but he's a very, very impressive kid. He, he's really tough. Is. He's tough. Yep. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this at the risk of, um, of maybe upsetting my friend Lee Zelton, who I'm endorsing. I'm endorsing Lee. Of the three, I think Andrew's the toughest. I do. The he's toughest. Yes, tough. I mean, I mean he. Uh, yes, very yeah. tough guy. Well, his mannerism uh, may be, but yeah. the uh, policies are essentially the same. Zelda oh, yeah. and Giuliani, yeah. Astorino. Yeah. And Astorino, let me, let me, my guy, Astorino. Are you I endorsing think... Astorino? I mean, you got to, you got to come up. You know, Curtis Lee was sending me texts. Me and Rudy are on Andrew. You're on Zeldin. Who is Bernie endorsing? I said, I don't know. I am I'm reserving judge. I don't really have to endorse anybody. Yes, you do. But yes, I, you do. I really love Andrew, uh, Rob Astorino. Astorino. That's your he's, guy. He's got the chops. He's got the brains. He's right. got the toughness. Oh, there's your answer. And uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I'll, so, I'll, I'll make an announcement maybe next week. He has the least chance of winning, though, as do we know. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Well, well, of course he polls, does. There's no, there no reliable I, polls. The, the, the early polls have Giuliani in the lead, is what I'm hearing. You know who told me that? Uh, Andrew. Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy. Anyway, three great hours. One more great hour to come. And Donnelly and Beat Bernie. Google does. Iris on the way out. What they say, mother. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. By the way, this kind of anger is what I want to hear from our elected leaders on crime, on cops getting killed. This kind of passion and anger. That's what I want. By the way, we're also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can check us out. You can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers. At WABC, we're live stream. WABCradio.tv is what you can do. Listen, there are a couple of uh, interesting uh, items out there, non-political, really. I guess non-political. I want to get to in a second. But uh, because they did the work, I really do want to play this. And we've been talking about it all morning. Uh, this uh, plan of uh, Eric Adams, his blueprint to end gun violence, sounds very, 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 very familiar as a matter of fact, it sounds like the exact same plan that the Bill de Blasio came up with back in April of last year. And if you listen, I mean, you know, first of all, 
you know, he has this listening tour. Remember that, uh, Sydney, uh, from uh, Hillary Clinton's listening tour? I remember it well. I thought it was ridiculous back then. It's even more ridiculous now. I mean, uh, summer youth employment. I mean, we oh, we never did that before. Midnight basketball, <laughs> meet weekly with local leaders, yeah. demand accountability. What kind of what kind of nonsense, stupid words is that? You know, that, that's why you said about the song coming back. You want to hear that type of anger? This one guy that I, I still like to hear him speak is Pat Lynch. You know, and I know yeah, that exactly. Adams came out and tweeted yesterday, Wilbert Moore is a hero. And again, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Right, right, right. right. I don't care what you tweet, what you cry about, Letitia. Screw you, Jamani. Screw you. Pat Lynch comes out. He means it. I, I like when that guy you, speaks, Bernie. You, you are exactly a thousand percent correct. I mean, he nails it. And, and again, the anger and the passion, which belongs there, is there with, uh, with uh, Mr. Lynch. Uh, so anyway, here's uh, Justin Ellick, Mike Garcia, Luke Legrano. They put together this montage of Eric Adams from yesterday outlining his plan to end, quote-unquote, gun violence, as though uh, the guns are committing the crimes. And uh, Bill de Blasio, same plan uh, from April of last year. And remember, this is April of last year. How did that work out? Where are we now? Anyway, take a listen to Adams and de Blasio and <laughs> Marvel. Go ahead. We're going to involve every community, every precinct, and our state and federal partners. This plan focuses on the three pieces that are crucial, our communities, our cops, and our courts. We will start by putting more officers on patrol in key neighborhoods throughout the city. Ensuring that our cops are in the places we need them most intensely. So this is the top 100 blocks strategy. My administration will launch an unprecedented summer youth employment, youth and youth engagement program for summer 2022. As we know, that gang violence and gun crimes spike in the summer months. The summer youth anti-violence employment effort. This has been an effort to ensure that young people who are at risk uh, get opportunities for summer youth employment, get steered in the right direction. Gun violence is a public health crisis, and it is one that must be addressed at every level of government. Really? We must see immediate action from <laughs> Congress on guns. We need the Congress to act oh, on the issue of guns once and for all. We all see it with our eyes. Okay, um, so that was de Blasio's plan back in April of 2021. How did it work out? Where are we now? Uh, <laughs> and uh, you hear Eric Adams mouthing the same words. Now, he talked about uh, other things, putting more cops on patrol. Good thing, very good thing. He also talked about the anti-crime unit, but... The way he talked about it, and we talked uh, a little bit with Andrew Giuliani and also Congressman Peter King, uh, the old anti-crime unit was very successful, saved black lives. Why mess with it? Why? What's the the implication here is that uh, there was something wrong with it, that it was was racist? Well, let me correct you, because now you've said twice implication. Let me correct you and remind you that there is no implication, that Eric Adams flat out said, said, when I win, I will return this city to the David Dinkins days because the tactics that Rudy Giuliani used were racist. That was a comment. You can look it up right now in the New York Post, in the New York Times. No implications. He flat out said that he wants to go back to the days of David Dinkins because Rudy Giuliani's tactics were racist. Amazing. Saving uh, tens of thousands of black lives is racist. Uh, Look. It's a very uh, stop and frisk. It's, it's it's a horrible thing to have to do, but uh, sometimes it's necessary. And, and and people who get stopped, they should understand. We're just trying to save kids, 11-month-old kids, from getting shot in the face. 
I mean, I'm sorry we have to do this, but, uh, you know, facts dictate, uh, statistics dictate that we have to do this. Anyway. Well, the problem here is, 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 look, uh, Eric Adams, his heart is in the right place. Okay, look, I think you and I both agree. He spent over 20 years as a cop. He does care. De Blasio didn't care. De Blasio hated the police. He really did. He hated the police. And if a guy died, he had to do what he had to do. Adams does care. He was a cop. So I think his heart is in the right place. His issue is, and I'll tell us right to his face, if him and I ever really meet face to face, which he says is going to happen, right to his face. His issue is, and you just talked about it, so did Andrew Giuliani, he's so worried about appeasing everybody that he says things like he said about the anti-crime unit. But the difference is, him and de Blasio, de Blasio is an evil guy. I don't think Eric Adams is. Uh, Oh, I don't think he's evil, but, uh, you know, he's a political animal. And to to accuse uh, Giuliani and Ray Kelly and Bill Bratton of racism, I think that's kind of despicable. It is. To be quite honest with you. By the way, he also called Curtis Sliwa a racist. Yeah. uh, Let's not forget that. that. Remember that? Remember that, yo? Yeah. Uh, So here he is talking about the the new anti-crime unit that he's putting together in the next three weeks. Just take a listen to this. We're going to make sure this is not the anti-crime unit of the days. These officers are going to wear identifiable parts of police uh, attire and apparel, such as the windbreaker jackets, like you see um, other law enforcement agencies will wear. So you know who they are. The complaints we receive is that officers dressed in jeans and sweatshirts were jumping out of cars, not properly identifying themselves. We are going to learn from the past so we don't repeat the past, and we will never use under my administration any abusive targeting tactics that goes after people based on their ethnicity and where they live. That is not going to happen under my administration. I'm sorry. Uh, racial profiling is a, a tactic that actually works. My apologies for saying it. Uh, well, f- forget that. No apologies. It works, and it saved a lot of black lives. And plus, you have cops identifying themselves when they roll up on a crime scene. Hey, I'm a police officer, or they got some big jacket that announces that they're police officers. It puts them at a disadvantage. It hurts their ability to do their job at that point. This is a, this, this, desperate times call for desperate measures, and it's not that desperate to have an, an effective anti-crime unit. I just didn't like the tepid way I agree. he's rolling out this uh, anti-crime I unit. I and really again, he, he, there also, there's no accountability for what's going on inside. He's a proud African-American man inside his own community. I've been over this story a thousand times. My cousin Kyra in Atlanta. I'll say it again. I love her. And her son is a star quarterback on the high school football team. He's a straight-A student. And he got stopped three times last year in Atlanta for walking down the street. That's all he did wrong. He walked down the street. He's black. But yeah. guess what? Right in that community, and not far from where he was walking down the street, there was a crime committed, a black-on-black crime, and it was committed by a black youth. So it's not Kyra's fault, it's not her son's fault, but at the same time, if we know a crime was committed in that community by a black person, they're going to stop a black person! And look at the stats. I mean, (laughs) mean, a certain demographic, who I'll not name right now, uh, they commit a disproportionate amount of the crime. Right. So, so you go after that particular demographic. So That's let's, what you do. So let's start talking about real accountability and the real problem and cleaning up. And Barkley, I said this before, Charles Barkley, and cleaning up that community, your community, our community. And then and then and then when the cops do that, then you can say, come on. But to just continuously blame white people 
and cops when, in fact, the issues are right there and caused by that community is lazy, dangerous, and now we're starting to see deadly. It is. That's terrible. That's terrible, says Joe. We have to go, for example, the schools that were failing the black families, schools. Forget the, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Let's raise expectations. Let's let's improve the schools. Let's not, not let's not make it so that th- this particular demographic is committing a disproportionate amount of crimes. Let's fix that. That is a root cause. You you say that guns flowing into the city is a root cause. I say that uh, you know the families are root causes: lack of dads, et cetera, et cetera. Lack of good education, lack of uh, you know ex- expectations. You know, math is racist. Excuse me, what, you saying that is racist? That's what that is. So I, I just wanted to get that out of, off my chest. And great job out of Justin Ellick and company for uh, that the particular clip interspersing those two things. Uh, one one last thing politically, real quick. And Bill O'Reilly's all over this. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday did nothing. He had nothing on his schedule, nothing. He called the lid, as they call it, at 3.05. All he did was go to a woman's boutique store where he bought a mug with uh, Kamala Harris's picture on it, <laughs> pretending like he likes her, Aye. and he bought ice cream. That is what he did as we're on the, uh, the precipice of World War III. Like, I like ice cream. I love ice cream. I think I bought some uh, Fresh Direct. I think I bought some. Uh, <laughs> don't be a guy. I did buy Ben and Jack. Yeah, but you ain't running the uh, the war versus uh, Putin, bro. Oh, that's a good point. Well, not but today. then again, neither is Joe Biden, <laughs> as a matter of fact. We have that in common. We both bought ice cream, and neither one of us are running the war against Russia. <laughs> and one last thing here. Uh, yeah, by, by the way, your boy Michael Rappaport, he was, uh, it's not just gun violence. It's pushing people onto subways. It's all these people walking into high-end stores, uh, pharmacies, just w- randomly, wantonly looting, uh, walking in, walking out casually. Uh, Michael Rappaport caught it on tape. It was great, he, yep. and he was screaming. And he's a he's a flaming liberal. But uh, hopefully, again, this is why I think the tide may be turning. People like him, and I know you say he'll never vote Republican. He, well, he may, he may. Who knows? In twenty twenty two, he may vote for the person who's going to stop the uh, you know the, the looting listen, in in CVS. To your point, and I do talk to Michael. We just spoke three days ago. He's got a very popular podcast. I am Rappaport which I'm supposed to be on the next two or three weeks, he is very angry, and he's very angry with a lot of stuff going on. So you may not be wrong. He he is voicing his displeasure, and it's the number one story on NewYorkPost.com today, so you may be right. And lastly, this uh, one creep who uh, entered your life, and your, your, your Uncle Norm Coleman, former senator from uh, the great state of Minnesota, uh, this guy is a, a complete and total lowlife. He was run out of the Senate, pr- probably unfairly, but either way, I'm glad he was. But this is what he said yesterday about the upcoming elections in November of 2022. This is how sick some of these people are. Listen to Al Franken. This is a serious one. And and I just, I think other people are feeling it. It feels like, I don't know, 1933, 34 (laughs) Germany. And I'm just like, I don't know, in a tavern. And I look over the other table and there's guys in black jack boots and... Nazi uniforms, and I'm going like, hmm. Laughing? This looks bad. Yeah, I, wonder, bad. I wonder how bad it can yeah. get. What a stupid son of a bitch. He really is. He's a stupid son of a bitch. I mean, you know what? Get the hell out of the country. What, what, are you, what restaurants are you frequenting that you're sitting next to Nazis with jackboots? I mean, Stop. what the hell are you talking about? And how yeah. dare you compare what happened to Jews in Germany 
to what's going on in this country. Uh, the last election, more people voted in the history of this country, in the history of the country. And there's no reason to think that uh, it's going to be any different coming up in November of uh, 2022. No reason to think that. So to put that out there, and a lot of Democrats are, if we lose big, it's going to be because the election was stolen, right. which is exactly what they vilified Trump for, for saying back in uh, November of 2020. Even though Stacey Abrams did the same thing in the state of Georgia. And you're right, 153 million people. If you believe those numbers, 80 million to Joe Biden, 73 to our guy Trump, 153 million people voted for the last election. That's got to include some black people, I'm going to say. I don't know. What do you think? A couple of black uh, yeah, people. Yeah, more black people voted. Uh, again, of course. Record turnout. Record right. turnout. They had driver's licenses. Uh, yeah. Library How cards. How dare they <laughs> demand uh, identification? Right. Oh, you have to show a vaccine passport to go in a restaurant. That's identification, <laughs> right. right? That's not racist. I mean, uh, uh, these people are all over the place. They make me sick, Sidney, on the uh, Bernie and Sid I'm show. right with you, buddy. I am right with you, right there, lock and step. We do need a contestant for Beat Bernie coming up after Ann Donnelly in about 20 minutes. Your chance to win a $100 gift card, compliments of Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, and a WABC Barry House coffee mug. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Your chance to take on the smartest guy that I know. My partner, Bernie McGurk, is coming up very shortly. I see Gabby Lopez on the stream right now, WABCRadio.tv, where you can watch me and Bernie every day. Gabby is putting up the shirtless picture of me on the cover of Dan's Papers, the Hamptons magazine. And it's funny because I'm holding up right now. Gabby can see this. This was the Iron Man magazine cover, and I had 20 glossy 8x10 photos printed out. So that I can sign these because I get requests all the time. I get people slide into my DMs and ask me for autographs all the time. And this one goes on to state WABC's sexy morning show host. So um, one more time, Gabby. Here it is. I've got a bunch of these. And if you want me to sign it, I'll be happy to send it out. So, boy, that was really, you talk about narcissism, Bernie, between the shirtless Dance Papers, Hamptons Magazine, and 8x10s that I made for myself at Staples. If that's not the epitome, Bernie, of narcissism, I don't know what is. Is Bernie even there? <laughs> Our next guest. Well, I love this lady. I had the chance to do a bunch of events with her out on Long Island, her and Bruce Blakeman, before she eventually won. And it was such a gratifying win. Because if you listen to this show, you know, forget about me, Bernard, how much he couldn't stand, and he was right, Todd Kaminsky. Thank God this lady beat him, and that is Ann Donnelly. Annie, welcome back to the uh, Bernie and Sid Show. How are you? Good morning, Sid. I'm good, thank you. I hope Bernie's doing well. I'm doing very well, Ann, right here. And uh, <laughs> I, oh, I, and I love you, Bernie. by the way. I've been watching on Channel 12 out here on Long Island. 
uh, prosecuting these MS-13 people. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. That uh, was a very satisfying moment to watch him get sentenced to 32 years to life. Well, horrible, violent crimes he committed. Well, that's a big deal. And, you know, we were talking quite a bit about MS-13 guys uh, just a couple of years ago out there where, where Bernie lives, not in his neighborhood, of course, but on Long Island. So it's a very, very big deal. And these were the types of things that people on Long Island, people in New York knew in when they voted you in and got rid of Todd Kaminsky. And you're going to be serious about this. So while we're about to attend not one but two police officer funerals here in New York City over the next week, and crime continues to spike here in New York City, and quite frankly, Long Island as well, you clearly are the right and only choice to save us moving forward. We need more people like you. Where do we find them? <laughs> Sid, we're, we're out here. You know, all people have to do is look. I know so many prosecutors who made a career, as I did, 32 years in the district attorney's office, out of prosecuting and working hand-in-hand with our men and women in blue. My heart is broken over Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. You know, you're talking about two young men. They're the ages of my youngest child and my oldest child. So I almost look at them as, as my sons, and what happened to them was awful. You know, Jason Rivera said he, he wanted to bring smiles to people's faces when he yeah. became a New York City yeah. police officer. Wilbert Mora just, you know, donated his organs to save others' lives. Five New York City police officers have been shot in the last three weeks, 21 days. What is going on? Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, you have all these uh, liberal politicians scrambling to show their sympathy for the police after the contempt and the disdain and disrespect that they propagated over the past few years that led to a lot of police deaths, a lot of civilian deaths. You even had, uh, by the way, uh, our, our, that uh, my words, that rat Todd Kaminsky uh, in recent days come out and say, we need to reform this uh, cash bail law that I put in place. I mean, people like him actually is starting to uh, come around, turn around or whatever, but it's a little, a little uh, too little too late, would you say, Ann? Uh, absolutely. I, I chuckled when I read the uh, comment about Senator Kaminsky saying we need to uh, reform the bail law, considering he stood up, you know, stood across from me every day saying the bail law is fine. We know it's not. You know, three years ago, we, we district attorneys and law enforcement organizations, we raised our hands and we told the legislators, these bills on discovery and bail were too extreme. And we told the legislators these bills would make New York less safe. And nobody wanted to listen to us. And now everyone's saying we should fix it. Mm-hmm. The administrative judge um, of the state, uh, Judge Marks, told the state legislator yesterday that judges need broader discretion. I mean, it's so simple. That, that is, that's the one fix you could do in one day. Mm-hmm. If the judge is back their discretion. Sure. Absolutely. And Donnelly. But uh, I'm not sure if you were listening earlier. We did play the cuts of Cousins. Uh, no cut of Heasty yet, but they are digging in. They, they are digging in. Uh, they are saying that uh, they're reforming nothing. 
They that, won't allow a vote, Sydney. They won't even allow a vote. To Bernie's point, which is a brilliant point he's made a bunch of times this morning. Thank you, Bernie. You're right. Won't even allow a vote. But they say it because the truth is, according to them, which is a lie, the truth is the numbers show that uh, this bail reform works, and most people do not commit crimes once they're released, not violent crimes at least. And it's about time that black and brown people were treated fairly by the justice system. What a bunch of nonsense! You know, it, it just amazes me that they hang their hat on this, the judges treating black and brown people fairly. I have never seen a judge treat anyone unfairly. Our judges are bright, dedicated men and women who want to see justice done. They don't, they're not, you know, out to get anybody. And By the way, I would even, I would even posit it's the opposite, yeah, exactly. that these judges go out of their way to appease right. black and brown people. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I would. Um, I have seen judges order, you know, programs that are incredibly helpful to people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And I have seen them ask them, you know, complete this program. Let me see you succeed and I'll make sure that you don't spend any time in jail. And that's fine. That's great. But so and Donnelly yeah. discretion anymore. I mean, well, you I know, can't that, even get people into a, a drug program anymore because the judge doesn't have the discretion to say go or you're going to jail. And that's the uh, disgusting part, uh, the part that Todd Kaminsky knew w- would happen, and that's what makes what he did all the more despicable. But he's in the rearview mirror. Uh, uh, you know, Ann Donnelly, the DA out here in Nassau County, uh, we've been saying this, Sydney and myself, all morning. Uh, we have to put a we have to put names to this uh, no cash bail law, and we just talked about Andrea Stewart Cousins and Carl Heasty. I I, I submit that uh, you and Bruce Blakeman put the names uh, Cousins and Heasty towards the uh, the obstacles of reforming this uh, no cash bail law. Make them I don't know some sort of a marketing campaign with blood on their hands. I mean they're the ones that are are, are really the obstacles standing in the way of getting this thing uh, changed, and we need to do something about it. And I can't even imagine a point where a state legislator does not say, we'll listen. You know, to stand up and say, we're not reforming anything, be quiet. That's, that's not how government's supposed to be run. You know, we have a say in this. People want this to change. And the fact that they're not listening, I just hope the voters come out and tell them, how they feel in November. Well, we did it last November, and uh, Bruce Blakeman, of course, was a gratifying win, but you certainly were at the very, very, very top. That win over Kaminsky made uh, nobody happier than Bernie, me, Sydney, and a bunch of others. Can I ask her one question? Did uh, that, that uh, Kaminsky guy ever call you and congratulate you on your uh, victory? He never called me. He hmm. never conceded, and hmm. he never congratulated wow. me. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Very telling. Very yeah, telling. It does say a lot. Hey, listen, Annie, we, uh, we're big fans. We're very happy you won, obviously, and continued success out there on Long Island and continue keeping people safe. Again, great job on the MS-13 stop, and uh, you be well, okay? Thank you so much. You too. Take care, Thank Ray. you for what you do. Uh, and Donald, the Nassau County DA out here in beautiful Long Island, where I live, where I'm broadcasting from right now, and grateful for uh, being here. On the Bernie and Titcher. We're going to play Beat Bernie next, right, Sydney? Yes, we are, but first we've got all kinds of other stuff to get to. Now it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Bro, I'm exhausted. 
I feel like I'm reading a hundred commercials. Now, listen, that's great. Goes to show you advertisers can't get enough of me and Bernie. And this show is really, really successful. Really successful. But I'm exhausted. Are you giving me two live reads every break? Listen, I'm trying to take the load off our boy who's at home. Yeah. And you're here. Makes yeah. it easier for us to get oh, that's to, fine. to communicate no, with no, you to get them done. That's fine. If it's easier on burn, I don't care. Yeah, of course it's easier on burn. Right. So if I die, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I keep saying, Bernie's got cancer, but I'll die first. Trust me. Right. If you die, we'll still have you do the live reads. Really? Yeah. Even if I'm dead? Yeah. Interesting. That's never been done, I don't think. Uh, no. I would get a Marconi for that, I'd have to think, right? I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luciano in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Lucky, what's going on, badass? How are you, Bernie? Uh, I'm sad, but it's close enough. Uh, do they call you Lucky? Hey, Lu- <laughs> hey, 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 I apologize. I'm working. I'm busy. I'm, my mind's all over the place. No, that's okay. With those advertisements. I apologize. No, that's okay. So Luciano's a great name. They do. And obviously, I'm sure they call you Lucky. I just saw the movie about Meyer Lansky with Harvey Keitel about two weeks ago. I love that name, Luciano. That's right. Where's your family from? What part of Italy? Uh, Salerno, more uh, closer to the beach, though. We yep. uh, live off of the Amalfi there in Chilento. The Amalfi Coast. Oh, doesn't get prettier than that. Yeah, That's I know. Why. I'm like, you know, you know uh, Frank Cittarelli called in yesterday, and you got so jealous he was there. I figure I called today. Yeah, that's, oh, wow, you have a great memory. That's right. That's right. Uh, actually, Jack Cittarelli, but you're all, you're in, you're in Hawthorne, New Jersey, and you're clearly an avid listener and a real loyal supporter. So thank you for that. Right next to your favorite place, Glen Rock. Is that right? Yeah, Hawthorne's right next to Glen Rock. I didn't realize that. And, and again, Glen Rock, my neighbors in upstate New York, the Spivaks. I was in Glen Rock many, many, many times. That whole part of northern New Jersey. I know somebody in just about every town, from North Halladin to Glen Rock to Paramus to River, all of them, that whole that whole area. So it's lovely there. Well, but, they, but they probably remember your name. I apologize so much. No, <laughs> that's okay. Are you ready to play? Let's do it, Bert. All right. I'm Sid again. You're having a really tough time with this, aren't you? I'm still Sid. I'm so nervous to play. <laughs> Don't be nervous. You're talking to me. It's all good. Here we go. In January 2017, Vice President Mike Pence cast the breaking vote to confirm who as Secretary of Education. It's hard. Come on. That is hard. Yeah. Secretary I wouldn't get of Education. I no. hope he was Republican. Well, you're off the bat already because it's a she. It was Betsy DeVos. Wrong, Betsy DeVos. Succeeded that's a, by... That's a good one, yeah, for, that's that's a good good one. one for Bernie. You ain't going to get it right. That's a good one for Bernie. Succeeded by the 12th President of the United States, Zachary Taylor, who was the first President of the United States to choose not to seek re-election after one term. Who was the first not to seek re-election after one term, and he came after Taylor. Hulk? Yes. Wow, nice job, Luciano. Number three, what is the name of Andrew and Chris Cuomo's mother? I'll give you a hint. My son is starring in a play at his school, a Broadway show named after her, too. He's playing Nigel Gabriel. I remember I remember uh, Andrew talking about his mother during yep. during the pandemic. Right. Uh, it's an old uh, Beatrice. Close. Her name is Matilda. Matilda. Oh, Matilda. That's my aunt's name. There you go. Located in Huntington, West Virginia, what college is named the United States Supreme Court's first African-American? 
I'll give you a hint. Chad Pennington went there. They made a movie about it because the plane crashed and the whole football team died. And Matthew McConaughey was in the movie. What's that? No, it wasn't wasn't Virginia Tech. No. Marshall. Marshall. Very good. Pennington went to Marshall, not Virginia Tech. Very good. Two out of four. Here's your last one. Prior to the CIO, the Congress of Industrial Organizations, the largest labor union in the United States of America was the AFL, which stands for what? And it's not the American Football League. <laughs> no? I'm not even sure. Oh, you're too back that would be the America Federation of Labor, the AFL. All right, two out of yeah, five. I the third part. I, you know, I can never remember the first part of anything, as you can see. That's okay. You did okay. You, did, you got two right. Let's get uh, Bernard back up here on the pod here. Bernie, you there? I'm here, Sydney. How you living? Like a turkey on Thanksgiving. I saw you did there. Well, uh, three right, you win today's game, okay? Uh, okay. Heidi. In January of 2017, Vice President Mike Pence cast a tie-breaking vote to confirm who as Secretary of Education. Secretary of Education? Yeah. Uh, that would have been, uh, what's her name? Betsy Voss. Uh, Voss, right? It's Voss. Close. It's so Forget close. Forget it first. Two-legged back of Wait a minute. Betsy Devos. De- Devos. Okay. Yeah. You're well, not going to give it to me? No, of course not. It's not right. What do you mean? That ain't right, man. That'd be like calling me Sidney Rose instead of Sidney Rose. That ain't right, bro. You, you... You're not, listen, if you start thinking you got some sympathy stuff here, you may as well forget about it, Bernard. <laughs> no, go ahead, bro. Number you're two. You're right. I got it wrong. That's it. Bottom line. Three out of four here you win, which you'll get anyway. Succeeded by the 12th president of the United States, Zachary Taylor. Who was the first president of the United States to choose not to seek re-election after one term? Said, no thanks, no more for me. Who was the first president yeah. to do what? Not to seek re-election after one term. It was, uh, I guess I'd have to go with Millard Fillmore. No. Wrong, you two-legged back of James Polk, and the contestant got that one right. Oh, you got to get these three right to win the game. Damn. What is the name of Andrew and Chris Cuomo's mother? Uh, that would be... Oh, God. Uh, very nice Italian Gabriel name. Gabriel is starring in the play right now. He plays Nigel. The Who's name, starring in the play? My son, Gabe. He has rehearsal every night. Yeah. It would be... Uh, I, I just can't recall. Maria. Matilda. Matilda. If you get these two right, you tie. If not, he wins. Uh, Talking about uh, Luciano and Hawthorne. Located in Huntington, West Virginia, what college is named for the United States Supreme Court's first African-American? That would be the Clarence Thomas University. No, Thurgood Marshall. I, I got you, right? He got it again. Uh, I got you. You thought I. You said. Hey, I thought you had it wrong. Yeah, a Marshall University. They don't. They don't. Yeah. Put, they don't put the thoroughbred there. But you got it. Right. Uh, so for the tie here, prior to the CIO Bernard, the Congress of Industrial Organizations, the largest labor union in the United States of America was the AFL, which stands for what? That would be the American Federation of Labor. That's right. 2-2, two, two, your final score today. Two good guys, Bernie and Luciano in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Bernie, and by the way, he referred to me twice as Bernie. <laughs> Say hello to Luciano. I'll do that, Bernie. Yeah, uh, what's up, Luciano? Hey, hey, Bernie. I, I apologize, Sydney. Don't take it personal, buddy. Oh, it's all good. 
Hey, listen, with two New York guys, it's the radio. You know, it happens. Good game, Burn. You know, man. I was trying to get uh, Justin, if I won there, to donate the money to Tunnel to Towers. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, well, you didn't win, so uh, you screwed Tunnel to Towers. Uh, you know, oh my God. There's always a, I always get, can, can get a second opportunity with you guys. You, guys you can best. as well. Uh, absolutely. Or you can just donate 100 bucks yourself. I mean, I donate. You should as well. Everybody should donate to Tunnel to Towers. By far, by far, yep. the best charity for uh, veterans and first responders in the country, Tunnel the world. to Towers. All you got to do is donate $11 a month. That's it. T2T.org. T, the number T2.org. Just $11 a month, and you'll buy a veteran a house. Hey, Luciano, great job, brother. Thank you so much. Enjoy, guys. God bless, Burn Sydney. Enjoy. You too, pal. Do want to wish uh, a happy anniversary. He's married 46 years today to our friend Heshi Organbaum. 46 years. Uh, happy His wife is lovely. I've met her. She's a beautiful, beautiful lady. So, so is he. Yes, he is. Happy anniversary. Yep. 1-800-848-WABC. We'll come back and wrap things up on this Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid right after these words. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Dig this. Check this out, folks. Hold it out. Out of touch. He's such a good dancer, Luke. Great job by all you guys today. Justin Ellick, Luke Lebrano, Mike Garcia, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. Christina's back tomorrow. Pete Morgan, Bernie, live in studio with Bagels coming up tomorrow. Oh, Petey, I'm coming in. <laughs> you should. He actually uh, put that day aside to come see you. But um, regardless, that was a, a fun show today. I think we, uh, I think we kicked major ass again. You know, a lot of people probably are uh, not thrilled about getting up on a Wednesday morning in New York City and hearing <laughs> you and I talk about them. But um, uh, hey, well, it could look, be worse. Yeah, but there are other people who want to hear the truth, the raw, unvarnished truth, and that's what they got from us today. And every day, that's what we do. So get some rest. Uh, you were great again. We all love you, and uh, it was fun. And I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow morning at about 5.55. How about that, All Tom? the love, Sidney. You the man, Bernard. You How the man. How can I be the man if you the man? Ah, come on now. All right, folks, we done from all of us to all of you. Not me to you, too. Until 6 a.m. tomorrow. Peace. Peace.